Welcome to Ben Navarro's podcast with your host, Ben Navarro's. Got multiple energy drinks ready to go. We're not using that one's from the other day. That's <laughs> we don't like that one. It's probably flat. It is flat. Maybe I shouldn't be drinking as much stuff. Yeah, but that's all right. I've not tried those before. So. Huh? I've not tried those before. I don't think. Uh, I may have stolen a package from. Um, I saw you had like a whole case of them. You see? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I may have stolen the other one too. <laughs> I am dead. Did you notice? I did not. Good. Well, do we sell I, those? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're just there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, I guess, I'm kind of that way though. If I see something's like there for a long period of time, I'm like, nobody's using this. Maybe I'll just take it. Like I don't. I, I don't like things being wasted. Like for example, there's a Chobani black cherry yogurt in the fridge, and I like looked at the expiration date. Of, like it expires on the ninth. It's almost the ninth. Person, this person's forgot about this yogurt, and it's like I like yogurt. I'll eat this. You know. Do we have one of those? Do you have a fridge in the? There's a fridge in the break room. The break room. Yeah. Full size fridge. A full size fridge. Where's the break room? <sighs> so when you go in, take a left. There's a door on the left, like right next to the wall, right next to the kids' yeah, club, yeah, catty yeah. corner. Uh, I don't even know if the door works anymore, but it's one. What is it? Three, four, five. Yep. Yeah. We got lockers and a fridge in there and a sink. People ever hang out in there? People sometimes hang out in there, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Do people hang out in there more often? Sometimes there's chairs. Sometimes. (laughs) Does it need to be closer or less close? No, I just want to direct it. Okay, okay. I've been having a problem with it picking up my voice. Okay. Um, And so I, like... I had an audio engineer come in the other day and he was like, okay, what you got to do is you got to point it directly at the person's mouth. Um, <laughs> otherwise it picks up way too much uh, of my voice. Cause it just carries, which is why I added those extra little sound pieces there. Um, but I need to add some stuff for the roof as well. I like your art too. That's very rustic. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add um, like wood slats. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed mm-hmm. Adam mm-hmm. Andrew Huberman's podcast? I like those just like wooden. Yeah. Oh, they're fucking gorgeous. Did you do the accent wall? Yes. Can you tell? I mean. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> I know. I, I'm trying not to stare. <laughs> just don't look at it in the camera. Just a little. Can you see it? Yeah, you probably can. <laughs> There's no way you can't. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I. I was going to do the ceiling as well, so which is why I was like, hey, it'll be fine. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, but then haven't gotten to the ceiling, nor do I think that I will end up doing the ceiling. No, it's cool. I'm trying to figure out a thing for, like, my medals and stuff, too. Like, I want to get... I've been getting a lot of advertisements on Instagram for, like, put your medals in this. It's for runners. And I'm like, I'm not a runner, but it saw the one hop marathon I did and was like, you must be a runner. You nope. are now? I guess, I guess so. How many medals do you have? Do you have a lot, like, what do you what do you have medals from? I guess so. Like I was saying, like twenty twenty three, like I did the powerlifting meet. I got yeah. a medal for that. I got two medals for that actually. What'd you medal I, in? Um, so I got I got first for the state championship, and then the guy that the other guy in my weight class that like blew me away, like all of his starting weights were like heavier than my finishing weights. He was from Colorado, so he didn't qualify for the state, but they had the. It was the Nevada State Championships and also the Fighter Quit Open. 
so I got whatever second place in the fighter quit open part. And then, um, right after that, like two weeks after that, I did Naga. I meddled at Naga and Gi. Didn't do so great. No, what's gi. Naga? Uh, no, North American Gi, so North American Grappling Association. Okay, is that Naga? Yeah, I believe. Um, I got a medal. Uh, no, I didn't get a medal, but I got a belt. They give you a belt, and then I bought a sword. You can, they give kids a sword for free, and if you're an adult, you can pay for the sword if you win. And I was it's like, well, I'm for sure freaking- taking a sword, but. I think it's weird that they give kid the kids a sword for free because you just see all these little kids walking around with a sword. I'm like, this isn't safe <laughs> at all. It's pretty okay. badass. It's pretty dope. It's a dope, it's a dope prize. That's why I was like, well, if I win, I'm for sure buying the sword. Like, how I'm much, not going to not buy the sword. How much is the sword? It, 50 bucks. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And it's like a legit like samurai sword. Like, it's made out of metal. It's not fake. You know, it's not sharpened or anything, but like, it's, it's a dope sword. It, it was a dope. That was a dope award. And then... Um, after that, so my physical therapist was like, oh, like a year ago, was like, oh, I'm training for my first half marathon. I'm like, what do you mean training? Why are you training for a half? You're only doing the half. You're going to train at least do the full. What the fuck are you doing here? Like, So like, he was kind of upset about that. Um, he does my dry needling and stuff. But he, uh, so I was getting a physical therapy from him. I was doing dry needling with him. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing the... Uh, the rock and roll half marathon tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I was, he was like, you want to jump in on that? I'm like, well, I was talking all that shit. I guess I should, you know? So I did that. Um, I, my goal is to do it under two, under two hours. I didn't like two Oh one. Nice. So I, I didn't take into account like stabbing to stop and pee. Um, that one P yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to stop and pee. I had to stop and pee twice. Those and I P's. had the, I had the map my run app on and like in my earphones, it was like, Oh, you're at 13 miles. Your pace is this, your time is this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I fucking did it. But then when I got, it was just weird. The rock and roll marathon is weird because it's like, they send you out this fucking tunnel. The idea is that you're supposed to go through this tunnel, but there's like hundreds of people fucking running. It's ridiculous. And then you will go through this tunnel and you're like, are we running yet? And then you're like, kind of everybody's walking. And then there's all of a sudden like a, like a kind of big thing that you're like, oh, this is the starting line. So it's like, we were walking. I started jogging for a little bit and then I'm like, okay, now it started. So that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. So they, they need to organize that better. And then it was like in the middle of winter at night, not a great combination. In the middle of winter at night? Yeah. It was in like February. And they, it started at like four o'clock, like our, our heat or whatever, like our group started at four o'clock. So like my phone died, she's just like hanging around downtown waiting for me. And like, so like my phone's dead and then I eventually get to turn back on. I'm like, where are you? You know? And then like at the, after the finish line, there's like fences on both sides of you and there's no, like, where do we go afterwards? It's just fences. And like, they won't let you go out the fence. Like. So I was like, why? I was like, I feel like we're getting ran into like a concentration camp or something. Like I was like, I just ran 13 miles. I don't want to walk anymore. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm wearing a shirt and shorts and it's like 40 degrees outside. It's seven o'clock at night. Like I want to go home, you know? So I found her eventually and just like tried to jump over the six foot fence. <laughs> I like, my legs are like gas. I'm like, I'm going to blow up my ankles trying to blow, jump over this fence, you know, but I made it over. Some guy held it for me. And then I was like, okay. And like, we're trying to find her car. I'm like shivering because I have no energy left. But, you know, it was it was fun, like, for, like, doing a half marathon and not doing any training. Like, it didn't really get hard until, like, the ninth or tenth mile. And I was like, okay, I kind of see why people, like, condition for this. A full marathon would be pretty difficult, I would I would imagine. I attempted one. Yeah. Last you, year. You told me that, yeah. <laughs> and it was, I started, my entire training for the entire was two miles. Yeah. And outside of that was just powerlifting stuff. Nice. And then 
I, yeah, I shot the bed aggressively. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the where flat? Uh, where the, Did the you see you wearing like minimalist, like very, yeah, yeah Vibrams or something? Yeah, yeah, it was not a good, not a good move. No, um, the feet were. I ended up having stress fractures in both feet. Um, yeah, I, I, I could do a half marathon. I would like to tr- attempt another yeah. half. Um, in the future, hopefully, rather sooner. Well, rather, we can do the than. rock and roll if you want. It's just it's super fucking expensive too. How much is it? It's like two hundred something bucks. I paid for it, but I, I obviously signed up at the last minute. So I'm sure if you started you know, now, you, it'd probably be less expensive. Yeah, well, it's it's January at this point, so it might already be like late registration. Oh shit, it is already January. So yeah, it's a it's been a wild this year. I don't know. It moved very oddly quickly. I mean, it's already yeah, it's already mm-hmm. January. It's kind of wild. Yeah. But like, yeah, not long after the half marathon, I did the Fuji, Fuji grappling tournament and I got golden gi. I, I, I ended up grappling the same guy twice and he was like one of those like goes and does jujitsu after he gets off of work type of guy. So I kind of felt bad about that because I kind of fucked that guy up and I accidentally like punched him in the face too. At one, <laughs> like reaching for his lapel. I like just fucking like open palm struck him in the nose. So he's like bloody. And I was like, maybe you won't even want to do the second match. Maybe he's just gonna, <laughs> but he, he went out there and he did the second one. And then uh, I got bronze in Nogi. And then um, I think that was, it. that was it. Oh, no. And then I got, uh, I did a Spartan race. Didn't like place at the top or anything, but they give you a medal for that. Participation, and of course. the Ultimate Fitness Challenge I got a medal for. So that was obviously like closer to the end of the year. Yeah. But yeah, this was all before. So I tried to do another grappling tournament. I was like, fuck it. Like, let's, let's get the triple crown. Let's get fucking three golds. Um, that one did not go. So I ended up beating the guy that got first. He came at me super hard. He was from Canada. So I'm like, this guy is like legit, like traveling for this. He came at me super hard, threw a lot of submissions at me. Like I pretty much gassed myself out like in that match and then ended up losing my next match to a guy I beat at Naga. And then I had one more match. And I blew my, I didn't really like blow my back out, but like the guy went to go front headlock me and I went to pick him up and like slam him. And like, as soon as I like postured up to slam him, my back popped and I was just like, all right, well, I guess that's it for today. <laughs> Did you it know? cause pain and that would like initiate the, okay, like I'm going to be out of this. Yeah, no, I just went down to my knees, like went down to turtle position. He took my back and like, I he even, when he took my back, he crossed his feet. So I was like, oh, I can just like lock his ankles and break his ankles. And like, I couldn't even like arch enough with my back to to you know put the tension on that i needed to get him to tap so i was just like you know what like he got a little pell choke and i was just like i'm done you know i'm just gonna tap out which at the day that day i was pretty upset about it but like looking back on it it was like i did it this was another like last minute thing i decided to do i decided to do it like two days before um it was on a it was on a sunday i lifted really heavy on saturday like so all these other competitions were on saturday so i would like lift the day after i lifted on saturday pretty heavy like deadlifts you know like I usually do. And then um, it was more towards summer and this building wasn't air conditioned. So like it obviously gets super hot here and like geese aren't fucking super like breathable. So like I think the heat really just took it out of me too. It was in a gymnasium. Yeah, I was in just a random gymnasium, no AC or anything. So I was like, dude, like I'm fucking like that first match. Like I was like fucking like done. I was like, I don't know how long I have until my next match, but like I don't even know if I can go, you know. But like the second match, yeah, second match I lost by points. And then like the other guy, I was like, fuck, I should be able to fuck this guy up and still at least bronze, right? But obviously I injured myself. So like it was a lesson and like, okay, like even if you decide to do something short last notice, like don't 
you know, continue to train hard the rest of the week and then just fucking go in there and try to do your shit, you know? So like, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta, obviously you want to deload the week of a competition. Usually. (laughs) Or the couple of days, you know, in between (laughs) you deciding to do it and actually doing it. Or plan months plan, in advance. Plan a little to bit better. Do, yeah. Or this, <laughs> well, it's just like like fighting for as many years as I had. Like I was, I always kind of looked down on jujitsu competitions. Is like, oh, it's just fucking jujitsu, and it's like I'm never gonna do that because I'm not gonna get hurt doing something I'm not getting paid for, and then not be able to get paid fighting, right? But it's like obviously I haven't fought in a little bit, so I was just kind of like this this past year. I was just kind of like, well, let's see what I can do. And like how my neck holds up and like kind of get used to kind of dip my toes back into competing a little bit. And like overall, I would say it went pretty well, you know, and like I always want to try powerlifting. Didn't, you know, didn't really like do a powerlifting training. You know, I just, we, we powerlift me and Gil, uh, my teammate, you know, we do squats and deadlifts and bench press, you know, once a week each. So I was just kind of like, ah, I'm pretty strong. Let me give it a shot. You know, and I went pretty well. Like I, there wasn't any like high level guys there. I think I totaled. I missed all my final attempts, but I totaled 500 kilograms, you know, and I thought I did a, the whatever, 82 kilo weight class. You know, I don't know kilos. I'm not a communist. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> the um, rest of the world that <laughs> yeah, uses we're yeah, the only ones. Fucking commies. Fuck <laughs> I never like, it's just so confusing, like being used to just pound plates and then you switch to kilos and you're like, I don't know what any of this means. I got to do math it. now. Yeah. It does seem a little bit more seamless once you know it. But, you know, the transition and then, like, you know, USA, America first. Yeah. You know. I also um, like calling the colors out rather than just, like, a 45-pound plate. It's like, I want to put a red, red blue, yeah. and two greens on yeah. here. Like, okay. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, really know yeah, what yeah. that is, but <laughs> right, and that's I the remember what that looks like, you know. <laughs> like, at our work, like, the 45s are red. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, like, the opposite, right? So that's that's confusing, too. But It is a little weird. Getting the weeds of powerlifting, which, you know, like, I don't know. I would like to do it again, but, like, with my shoulder and my neck issues, like, bench press i've always sucked at so i'm like you know may i i do have the goal like long term of like i want to break the deadlift record in the state for my weight for that weight class i wouldn't say my weight classes i don't always weigh that much but that's what i competed at and that's like the deadlifts like 617 doesn't seem like super far-fetched i'm like i could probably get to that in the next five years You're probably pretty close already, aren't you? i haven't done straight bar a lot but i just did hex bar for 565 so i'm like okay that's like not but i know like you can usually like hex bar you can do like you can usually only do like 90% of what you can do on hex bar on straight bar. So I got to like start throwing the straight bar back into the mix. Why did you end up leaving the straight bar out? Um, I, I've just always believed that the hex bar is more built for athleticism. Like you're able to like utilize your quads a little bit more. It's just a little bit more like ergonomic, I guess, functional, you know, less, less chance of me fucking up my back doing the hex bar. Um, and then just obviously like, you know, if you can load it more, you're lifting more weight overall, you know, you're going to get more strength out of it. So I just always kind of, we've always kind of done it just because it was just like the athlete deadlift, right? I feel like much more applicable to a fighter's. Yeah. Like anything, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be in this position holding somebody, I'm going to lift up. Right. I feel like that's a little bit more transferable. And that's my same thing with like, I kind of decided to stop doing back squats just because of my neck, but like Zercher's, like I'm a big fan of Zercher's over front squats because I'm like, this is a body lock you know why would i not want to be really strong in this position like i want to be able to like break somebody's spine you know with the body lock so i fucking hate that <laughs> squat so much desertures i love it I, i'm like so pretty good I, like i can zercher almost as much as i can back squat so That's i'm fucking like insane. it's pretty crazy it's probably not great for my elbows but it never is like it's always like sore that day 
but it never like has been like, oh, my like elbows are really sore from doing searchers. I wonder why your hands are numb, yeah. <laughs> just the one, just the right one. This right, this right arm's just kind of bitching out on me, but I don't know. The left arm's always been pretty fine. But yeah, I mean, you know, with the neck, like I obviously have a lot of cervical issues. So for people that don't know, what what is going on with your neck? Yeah, so like I have, I mean, it seems like it's degenerative at this point, but like I have multiple like discs, disc compressions from like eat up to like c3 down to like my t1 so i don't know how many vertebrae that is but like c3 c4 c4 c5 c5 c6 c6 c7 then c7 t1 yep yeah so that's like five or six discs that are not great um i've been dealing with that since pretty much i moved here and so i moved i moved here because i wanted to focus on fighting specifically took like a year off Signed with Bellator. Um, I was training with Chael Sonnen in Oregon. He got me a deal with Bellator. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me like, like put all everything I got into fighting and like, see how that goes. Well, like right before I get my first, my contract for my first fight, like my neck goes to shit. And I'm just like, like it was my left side at first. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, like my triceps not working. My chest isn't working. And like, I can't like do any pushing exercises. And like, so I went to go, I went like, I didn't have medical insurance because I wasn't working. So I was just like, go to chiropractor, go get dry needling done, do whatever you can. And like, it was just like, oh, like, you know, just fight through it, whatever, it'll get better. And I'd had Nick issues before when I was, I think, just turning pro or still amateur. And it kind of just, you know, I went to physical therapy for a little while and I went away. But like this one just didn't really go away. And I was like spending a lot of time before my first Bellator fight, just like at 24 hour fitness just trying to like press like a 20 pound dumbbell like chest press it with my left hand and i was like this is really hard to do you know and it was fucking with me mentally a lot so like imagine you know i just kind of was just like ah you know i'm gonna do my best you know whatever like my teammates would say when we sparred and grappled they're like well you can't really notice when you're like fighting doing fighting stuff so i'm like okay cool you can't but i can yeah Yeah, right exactly it's like i gotta live with it every day and like think about it and fuck with it fucks with me mentally right so first bellator fight didn't go particularly well i got dropped pretty quick in the first round and it was a tko finish um i don't you know i did i wasn't like out or anything it was kind of an early stoppage but it's like based on how the fight was going and my mentally mentality going into the fight like it's probably better it got stopped before i got like completely knocked out like jeff herzog was a great referee he was the referee for that fight i'm not like never never gonna shit on him but i was like you know the way i went down to i went down kind of face first but i landed on my hands and knees but you know just like i was already kind of rocked by before that point so it was like okay cool you know like a year goes by i don't have any more fights that was another thing was like you know i kind of assumed like okay i'm getting a pretty good deal with bellator here like i can survive off my fight earnings well i lost that fight so that was ten thousand bucks you know pay your taxes pay your corner man now you're looking at like six or seven you know um damn yeah and then a year of no fighting and then a a year of no fighting afterwards so it's crazy me and jordan started dating i started working i love kickboxing we had just started dating and one day i just randomly checked my email this like yeah it's uh, well it's like a year it's exactly like a year later and i'm like looking at my emails and it's like hey send it's bella from bellator it's like send us your information so we can book your flight itinerary i'm like what what is this so i text um the contact i have with bellator mike Cogans, who's i guess i think he's kind of like their dana white but he just isn't like as public as dana is 
I was like, hey, um, I got this email. Like, is this a mistake? Like, did you guys mean to send this to somebody else? Because I haven't heard anything from anybody. And they're like, oh, nobody told you we wanted you to fight on this card. I'm like, no. I was like, this fight's also like in two weeks. I'm like, and I'm like, I haven't really been training, but I like, I didn't tell him this, but I'm like, he's like, nobody said anything to you. I'm like, dude, if somebody said something to me, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Why would I be texting you, like asking you why I'm getting this email? Yeah. You know, so. At that point, like I need the money, so I'm just like, all right, fuck it, like you know, ride or die. We're just gonna fucking go out there and try to fucking cowboy up and win the fight. I end up losing that fight. I thought the fight was really close. It could have probably been a split decision, but like going like right after the fight, I was like, fuck, I think I lost the first and the third round. And it's like this guy was from Russia. His brother was like a big fighter and um, a big fighter in Bellator already. His brother was Anatoly Tokov and the brother was Vladimir Tokov. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, they, this guy already obviously knew he was going to fight for a while. Like they're not going to give some Russian guy that's coming from Russia a short notice fight. Right. (laughs) I'm like, he probably knew. I'm like, obviously they kind of fucked me over a little bit. Like I'm glad that they gave me the opportunity for the second fight based on how the first fight went. But like, yeah, I was cutting to 155 too. Like I walk around pretty lean at like 175, you know. So like, goddamn, the weight cut was kind of a shit show. My dad, I, t- I tried to have my dad do a uh, IV, but he obviously isn't in the medical field, and then it, that kind of went fucking sideways. <laughs> Um, so like, I was about to, is he a doctor? No, no, I was just like, well, like, you know, in the MMA community, it's like people will be like, okay, well, like, we want to do an IV, we don't have a nurse or a doctor, so like, look it up on YouTube and we'll fucking figure it out, you know? Um, so like, yeah, insane. I just fucking Fighters. lost all that. Like, I ended up losing, I went from like 180 to 155 in like less than two weeks. And like after like the first like exchange we had in the first round, I was like, dude, like I have nothing in my body. And like the guy was just trying to go for like fucking big highlight knockouts, like throwing flying knees and shit. And like I wasn't he wasn't really catch landing anything clean. First round, I was like, okay, like I went for a takedown. He like tossed me and ended up on top and like finished pretty strong with some ground and pound. I'm like, okay, like I lost that round. Second round, he was fucking done. Like he I guess he gassed himself out trying to knock me out. So second round, I took him down, like was on top the entire time. Third round, like in between the second and third round, his corner literally had to pick him up and like walk him over to the stool. My dad was like, no, that's like illegal. Like if he can't get up and answer the bell, like he should be TKO'd, like it should be over. Right. But this guy um, trained with uh, Fedor's camp. If people don't know who Fedor is, he was like the best heavyweight in the world at one point. So his coach, I think, was Fedor's coach. And they like totally third round switched up the game plan and were just like, well, you you take him down now. Like he he you've been trying to knock him out and it hasn't been working. So just take him down and try to hold him. Like I said, I, I wasn't prepared for that at all either. Like after the first two rounds, I was like, OK, he's done. Like I'm going to either be able to TKO him or I'm going to take him down and do the same thing. Well, he shot in, took me down and just fucking held on to a waist lock. I think later in the round, like I got out and like had a chance to take his back, but I went for like an arm bar, um, didn't get it. And then like the round ran out. So like, I think just by being on top the whole time, even though he wasn't really doing anything, like I was even like landing elbows and stuff from the bottom. They gave him the decision. I got my walking papers after that. So I was like, okay, well it didn't go that great. You know, what are walking papers just they so they essentially like a couple of days after the fight i think she was like getting her nails done and i like looked at my email and i was like hey we've released you from your contract because i had a three fight deal and they just you know decided they can you know drop you in any time they're just like we're not going to do the third fight 
but uh, so that was kind of unfortunate. And then it's like, I actually missed weight by 0.2 pounds. Forgot about that part. So I got fined $2,000 for 0.2 pounds. Cause I like, you know, weighing into the scale, they have a scale staged there the whole week of the fight. And then, you know, I was cross-referencing that with my scale and like, okay, we're like a pound and a half separate. So like when I cut my weight, I was like, oh, I'm under by like two pounds. I'm solid. Well, like I went downstairs, like I rehydrated a little bit as we're walking. We were at the Windstar Casino, which is like the biggest fucking casino on earth, apparently, because <laughs> from like our rooms <laughs> to this place to the, it's like a 15 minute walk from like the room to like get to the place where they do the weigh-ins, right? It's like, as we're walking there, like I grab more water out of my bag and my corner is in front of me and buddy Montel. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting a little bit more water. He's like, don't, I was like, don't worry about it. Like I, my weight should be good. Like we're fine. He's like, well, just don't drink too much. I'm like, okay, cool. Get to the weigh-ins. They moved the scale from like, it was on like a wooden board on carpet to like a tile floor. So like that's going to fluctuate the weight a little bit, right? It's going to change it. So 0.2 pounds over. I'm like, fuck, I have not let my, allowed myself any time. The weight cut took a while. So I didn't like give myself, they were like weigh-ins end at 11. It's like 10, 58 or 59 or something. I'm like, well, can I like go in the bathroom and like try to shit or something? And they're like, ah, and I'm just like, "I'll, I'll be right back. So I go in the bathroom. I just sit down. I like just push as hard as I can. My abs cramp and I have to like lay down on the bathroom floor. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, there's nothing else I can do. So I was like, hopefully I, I was like, let me like try to spit. Like I, my mouth's dry. So I missed weight by 0.2 pounds too. I had to give my opponent $2,000 in my purse. Damn. And he ended up winning the fight. So I was like, you know, after the weight cut, I was just like, well, you know, I, I'm going to beat this guy up. So it doesn't matter. But then I didn't win. So. Yeah, like fighting kind of fucking sucks, and especially like those bigger promotions. Like they don't really give a shit, you know. They're just they're trying to make money. I think Bellator is getting bought by the PFL, so like they're folding up. So like, you know, they're just trying to fucking put on shows and make some kind of money out of it, and they don't really care about, you know, the, the fighters at the end of the day, unless it's like one of their top names, you know. At what point was it? Like, was there a care for the? Was it a care for like even all like all fighters? I don't know if it's ever there's ever really been that like where they've ever really given a shit. I think you know even in the UFC, I don't want to like shit on them too much in case like I do get back into fighting and then they're like, well, this interview, we're never going to hire you. <laughs> I love. Let me just. I, did I you love. See, did you I see love Sean PFL. Strickland? Yeah. Did you see his podcast with Theo Vaughn? Yeah, where he broke down. Holy shit! That, that entire interview was madness. I think you're so okay. I, I can. I, I I have a few Sean Strickland stories for you. I'll I'll put those out there um, after this. But yeah, like though the promotions, UFC, Bellator, um, you know, I love PFL, Rafe's FO trains at my gym. I, if, if I ever get back into fighting and like, I want to get back to a bigger scene, like PFL would be where I would go. Cause they seem to actually like take care of the fighters a little bit more financially. But, um, is that where Nganu is? That's where Nganu went. Yeah. Um, yeah. See like that whole thing with Nganu, like yeah. that b- bugs me too. What bugs me about it is like him and Izzy and Kamaro used to do this, like, Oh, we're like a brotherhood, you know, we're like, you know, like they're like together. Right. And then like when Francis started being like, you know, fuck the UFC, like where the fuck were those guys at? Well, they both lost their belts. So there you go. That's where they are. So they're yeah. now that now they know like the UFC doesn't give a shit about you when you lose your belts. Right. But um, anyway, yeah. yeah. So Angana went over there. Like I know Ray Seffo runs it. He's one of like the founding members of Extreme Couture, which is where I train. So like, hopefully, you know, I like I've talked to him before in the past of like, hey, like I just like let me get like one or two wins on like a regional scene, and like let me know if you can get me just you know in, on your like tryouts for your 
promotion. I don't really care. But yeah, like at the end of the day, like it's a business, you know, and there's there's a lot of money in the UFC now, but it's not that money's not trickling down to the fighters. It's trickling down to like the top one one percent. Right. Um, the purses become bigger and bigger and not everybody else's get yeah, just slightly exactly. bigger. Everybody else is just slightly bigger. Like if say you get in into the UFC from the contender series, you get half of what a fighter that just fights his way into the UFC gets. So that's what people don't know is like, oh, damn. I think now like the starting for a UFC fighter, if you just start out your first fight in the UFC, I think you get like 12 and 12. It might be a little bit more than that. So you would get $12,000 to fight. $12,000 to win. So it'd be like $24,000 if you win. Well, people don't realize that you have to pay taxes on that. You ideally should be paying your coaches. A lot of fighters don't do that because they're just shitty people and they're selfish. Um, and then you also, you're more than likely if you are really trying to make it as a fighter, you're not working. And then you only fight maybe a couple of times a year. So it's like, can you realistically live on that wage? No, you no. can't. So a lot of UFC fighters still have jobs. Like, even Stipe was like the UFC champion. He was still doing the firefighter thing, but I think that was more like of like he felt like he should still do public service as well as you know be a UFC fighter. But um, it's not a good sport to get into if you're trying to make money. So like I've always told people that are like, oh, I'm thinking about fighting. I'm like, well, think about not fighting. Like <laughs> reconsider that thought. Like if you're just like, oh, like I'm I'm 25 and like I wrestled in high school or I wrestled in college and I just think I'd like to try it because I, I I don't know I see it on TV. I'm like, well, like cost and cost and what you know risk to reward benefit like you're okay the reward is there's not much you can say that you did it and that's about it the risk is potentially you die like not a lot of people died in the cage but it has happened so it's like you know you die you get paralyzed you get severely injured you can't work for a long period of time like what's the point but like destroy your relationships like, put just, your, like destroy your late potentially like yeah. Yeah, that's another thing too is like people don't get like she hasn't even been through a full fight camp with me like if you're training like twice a day possibly like three or four hours a day on top of like whatever else you got going on and like cutting weight and stuff like you just get like fucking really like upset and easily agitated and it probably takes a negative toll on people's relationships too and i think for the majority of my career i just avoided being in a relationship because i was like i'm not going to put somebody else through that i'm not going to have to like oh you know worry about somebody else watching me get beat up you know that kind of thing so it's like you know selfishly i was just like i'm not going to fuck around with dating i'm not gonna fuck around with other chicks i'm just gonna just fight and like focus on that like it's i don't need any distractions and then you know? she if that was the girl that was there it's like man this guy's get constantly getting hurt he's never home right and he's not making a lot of money why the yeah. fuck am i with this guy and there's also like the, oh he's probably cheating on me while he's out of town right too because it's like girls you know are into fighters or whatever I don't know. Like, that's what people always said. Like, when I was younger, my friends were always like, oh, you're a fighter. It's easy for you. And I'm like, I don't fucking even talk to girls, bro. Like, I don't have any fucking time for it. Like, <laughs> sorry, but it's like, I'm focused. Like, I always like, my friends always gave me shit because they would be like, oh, come over and hang out with us. And they'd be drinking. I'm like, I'm not going to drink. And I'd be like, mm, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm going to go home and like stretch and brush my teeth and go to bed. <laughs> sorry, guys. That's the way it was in powerlifting. Not to that the same extent, but like if I started getting closer to powerlifting meets, then I'd be like, okay, like we're gonna go play frisbee golf. I'm like, I'm not gonna go play frisbee golf. Yeah, I'm not like, gonna go outside. I'm not, I'm not gonna expend extra energy. I have to deadlift tomorrow. There's mm -hmm. no way. It's like, but all of us as friends are going. It's like, sorry, it's just tough shit. Like I just, I'm not going. That's what a lot of people don't understand. I don't think like that aren't athletes is like when you're like really care about something you have to make a lot of sacrifices like even something that simple that you people don't even think about like 
people that do the Spartan races and the fucking half marathons, the weekend warriors that are like, I'm going to do this race and then I'm going to go drink a beer after. I'm like, well, you're a piece of shit. Like you don't, you don't take this fucking seriously. Cause like, you know, I get it. Like, it's fine. It's whatever. Do you, but stop faking that you're an athlete because you're not <laughs> like, it's not the same mentality. It's different. It's not, you know, it's like, you can't fucking eat McDonald's and fucking go for a five mile run and call yourself an athlete. Like it's not the fucking way it works, but I think you there know. are some. Sure, there, I think that there are some athletes that can do that. There right. are. They're like Michael Phelps was like they would just talk about how he ate like shit. But I'm just being like, you know, the people that are just like, oh, like I'm a marathon runner or whatever. You know, okay, cool. Like, but you know, what does that mean? Like, you run for a really long time. That's cool. Yeah. You versus know? the people that are like Cameron Haynes that are doing it. Right. Like, the people that are doing hundreds of miles and like also like lift weights and also like go hunting and all that other shit. You know, like. There's a big difference between like the weekend warrior type of people and then the people that like sacrifice like their lives to do a pursuit, right? Like yeah. it's like yeah, I don't know. It's if it's like the martial artist spirit or whatever, or like the you know, just spending so much time doing something and being so obsessed about it that it like bugs me when somebody's like, I think I want to try to do that. I'm like, you are kind of being disrespectful. I feel like at the end of the day, like because you don't appreciate the sacrifice that it takes to do something how do you, how does it feel to be the person that went on a like d- decided to do a marathon thing but then also says that same thing you know like decided the week before right right you know? well that's the thing i was like I, I don't know people that run marathons might think that's kind of disrespectful but i'm like you know like if you're an athlete and you're in good shape like i don't think people understand that like lifting weights is probably the best conditioning thing that you can do so i'm like i just want to prove that i don't have to fucking run to be good at running like running doesn't make you good at running. Like a lot of things can make you good at running. Like running's not a hard thing to do. It's just moving your feet one thing, one foot in front of the other. Like granted, if I fucking tried to do a fucking one of those hundred mile Cameron Haynes fucking runs, I'd probably die. Yeah. That, I, that's excessive. But like, that's my whole point is like in order to make it really challenging, you have to do a hundred of it. A hundred miles, like you have to run for an entire day to make it bad, like that challenging. <laughs> well, might maybe How do something else. Maybe do something harder. <laughs> like go go and jump in a pool and fucking swim for an hour and see how that goes. You that's know? fucking rough. That's the other thing is like, you know, my ADHD or my OCD, I get super hyper fixated on things. So like, after one of my amateur fights, I was like, my cardio kind of sucks. Let me learn how to swim, and I got so obsessive with that that I'm like got to like. Sw- Swimming a mile in like 30 minutes, like, you know, pretty good. I never like open water swim. I, I met a bet with my buddy that I actually waltzed on that I was like, I'm going to swim to Alcatraz. I didn't realize it was you swim from Alcatraz to the beach. I was like, I'm going to swim to it <laughs> like, against the current. Like. <laughs> so I still owe my buddy like money. I'm just never going to pay him because I'm like, I don't, uh, we were just fucking talking shit. Like, I don't, I didn't really have a good understanding know, of what this right. really was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know. I didn't really know what the thing is, you know, but, um, it seems like fighting is much more difficult to get it. I feel like all sports, are, like the more that I get into this CrossFit game, it's very similar. It's like mm-hmm. only the top, I think the top 10 people are actually making money. Sure. And then after that, everyone loses money every single year just to compete. But then you're on Instagram and you're like, Oh my God, like I'm going to be a CrossFitter. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a fighter. And then I'm going to make all right. this money or have all this fame. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's just, it's not the way that it goes. And it makes me kind of sad. Yeah. I couldn't name it's a CrossFit athlete or like, a, yeah, it's like the same thing with like powerlifting and like strongman. Like, you know, who the top people are yep and yeah those people seem like they're making a lot of money and they're very famous but it's like what about all the other hundreds thousands of people that have been doing this like you invest like i've lost so much more money like training and like investing in like supplements and training and coaches and all that stuff 
than I've made fighting. Like it's not, you're not going to make money doing it. Like unless you're the 1%, you're the Conor McGregor's, you're John Jones or somebody like that. You're not going to make any money. Like you got to do it because you want to do it. Like you just, it's the pursuit. Like I, me and my buddies joke about it. It's like the martial artist spirit. It's like the samurai fucking code. Like you're just in it for the pursuit, not really for any kind of like monetary gain. Like I, I, I rest it pretty easy. Like I can walk around the day, like knowing like, Hey, if somebody just decided to fucking grab me up and fight me, like I could probably kill them with my bare hands. Like that's, that's <laughs> the reward at the end of the day for all the things I've done of like, I don't have to be concerned when I walk around at night, you know, like I can be fucking cool. Like outside of a fucking gun, like I, I even like my chances against somebody with a knife. I'm like, I could probably kick that out of your hand or something. I don't know. But outside of a gun, I'm like pretty comfortable, confident. Like I could, you know, any scene, any bar situation, fight, any right. It's like anything. I don't have to worry about it unless it's another fucking fighter. You know, that's a higher level of mine or a way bigger than me. Then I don't have to really worry about it. But you know, most fighters don't like go look to start fights. Right? It's like we're pretty relaxed people. We're just kind of like trying to get through our day. Even if somebody makes a comment to you, you just ignore it and you walk away. And you're just like, I don't fucking give a shit. Like it's gonna like take you know you actually physically touching me or you threatening my wife or something like that for me to get angry and get violent right like because this is just like i don't have that i get that out enough training it's also i, I think to, you have a better understanding of it's not that's it's not worth it like someone's it. gonna get hurt and and in this in on the street this mm-hmm. is an entirely different game well, we're not just like in the gym somebody gets hurt it's like oh no let's mm-hmm. pat let's make sure it's oh no like cops are gonna be involved there's legal issues there's that are legal involved. ramifications yeah. and they're like you know, somebody could hit their head on something and die. Like I could go to jail for manslaughter. I don't want to, like, it's not fucking worth it, bro. Like I don't want to fucking paralyze somebody accidentally. And it's like, I always joke. It's like, dude, if somebody gets in my face, I'm just going to oblique kick them in the knee and fucking, they're going to go down and they're going to be done. Like then you, now you have to limp around the rest of your life because you decided to be an asshole. Like that's the lesson for you. So it's a good lesson to teach. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, don't just, be nice, be a good person, treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's, we don't have a problem, you know, like can't say that like sometimes when I'm like working out at, at work or something, like, and somebody, you know, gets in my space or like does walks past me or, you know, messes with something I'm using. Like I don't get a little agitated at the time, but it's like, just let it go. Like that's just ego. This person's just doing their thing. They're not, they're not, they're not like insulting you in any kind of way. They're just trying to go about their day. Like it's not a fucking personal. They're oblivious. Right. They're just totally fucking unaware of their surroundings, yeah. which is just everybody nowadays, I guess. They're just so <laughs> wrapped up in their own fucking bullshit that they can't just be aware of their surroundings. I'm like, you know what? Like, what if we were in the fucking jungle somewhere and there's just fucking like dead shit that can kill you? Like everywhere you turn, you're dead. You're dead. And it's like, yeah. you know, like people that like, I always make the joke that was like people that leave their weights out and shit. I'm like, if you want to leave like an animal, I'll fucking treat you like an animal. <laughs> like it was, would just be the top of the food chain and I'll be the one that fucking you've now come into my territory. Now I have to kill you because you're just not aware of your surroundings. It, it happens. I feel like it's happening more and more lately. Mm-hmm. Just people, people driving people in the people in the grocery store. Like I'm pushing a cart and people are just, they're standing in the middle or they stop in the middle of the fucking, it's like, what are you doing? Are you, right. you think you're the, only person right and that's the, around in the fucking you? world yeah people God are just damn. out of touch dog yeah it's fucking bizarre as soon as we got back from hawaii my fucking anxiety just got so high because i'm like people people in hawaii are different like everything's much more slower pays like they always joke at hawaiian time right it's like real like people like if they see you're trying to turn left they'll stop let you go it's like very cool yeah. here it's the exact opposite everybody's in such a goddamn hurry i'm like i i guarantee you your life is not very important like just relax 
Okay. Stop trying to get everywhere in a hurry. You see all the accidents there are around here. Like people are dying constantly in Vegas on road accidents. It's like, everyone just fucking relax or slow down. Like if you're late for work, you need to just fucking organize your life better. Wake up a little earlier. You know, don't just fucking try to fucking kill other people because you're trying to get somewhere. I was on the 215 yesterday, two days ago, something like that. And I was about to, there was nobody in my right lane. I was fine. I was about to, to turn on my blinker, was about to move over, looked again just in case. And some BMW comes at least yeah. 100, 120 miles an hour, just flying through me with them, like just sits into the right gap and then immediately back left. I was like, what are you, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, is it that important that you have to? He's like so, even 80 miles an hour is like, I, like I get it. I, right. I drive fast too. I, I get, but like mm-hmm. this guy's not driving 80 miles. Like it was fucking flying. He thinks by. he's in the fast and furious or something. Yeah. Like you and think you're like, Vin Diesel. Okay. Like maybe just fucking relax. My, my best friend actually just like gets in like road rage incidents with people, which here is dangerous because it's open carry, but like he's in Washington and he's told me like, he still had to stop fighting because of his hips. So we're like both in the kind of position where it's like, dude, like, we might both have to retire physically, but he, he keeps on getting in road rage incidents and he'd be like, look at my ears, like get back in your fucking car. Or I'm going <laughs> to fuck you up. And I'm like, like, why, why even bother pulling over? Cause it's just like, you, I mean, maybe that person might do some self-reflection and maybe be like, maybe I need to like adjust the way I treat people and just the way I act in general. More than likely they're just going to be like, well, that guy was a fucking asshole. And then they're just going to keep being the way that they are. You know, the people aren't able to realize their own shortcomings. They're just not self-aware. So they're just like living fucking life like they're in a fucking video game or they're the main character. Like they're the fucking Denzel Washington and the man on fire. And they're about to go fucking save this little girl that's a hostage somewhere. It's like, you're not, you're not Denzel, bro. Like, relax. <laughs> you are a side character in a shitty video game. <laughs> you're essentially an NPC. Like, just fucking live like it. Okay. Stop acting like you're so goddamn so self-important. I feel like fitness did a lot of opportunity for self-reflection and self-aware and like you'd spend mm-hmm. a lot of time just sitting in the gym i think maybe not even just fitness but like being an athlete yeah like really diving into do, like co- a competition even a single an individual competition like you you take a lot of time to just sit back and be like man i really suck at these xyz mm-hmm. things i need to improve on these things and you realize oh man like i i, I have a lot of self-improvement that i can have in my own life right. i think it provided me a lot of really nice reflection time yeah but also yeah. i think that some people are also athletes that have no reflection time you know there's just some people are sociopaths <laughs> uh, i think um apparently strickland is he said on the podcast that he is an anti-social like uh, i guess he's got that, anti-social disorder yeah, uh, yeah. an anti-social uh, it's it there's a there's a word that's missing but it is um the more common phrase is sociopath mm-hmm. i was like holy shit and to put somebody in the ring that's that the mentality is like, oh, I'll fucking kill someone. It's like, okay, like this is, this is if you if you watch against. him train too, like if you're sparring with him, you're fighting, you're fighting for your life essentially. It's pretty fucking like I'm glad that I'm not like the same size as him and not in the same weight class because he used to fight like I fought at 170 and he used to fight at 170. So like, but he's pretty big for me, you know. And that's like a big so dude. one of the stories I have. So like, this is not even my first interaction with him, but we were like training at extreme and there's like a group of us and he's like oh we're gonna do like round robin like top bottom out it's gonna be like cage work like you're in a cage you're on the ground one person's on bottom one person's on top top person's trying to maintain top control or submit bottom person's trying to stand up and he kept on he kept on pointing at me and he's like i'm not gonna go with you because you're too small for me i'm like okay and like he brought it he mentioned he like repeated himself like two or three times i'm not gonna go with you you're too small i'm like you fucking call me small one more time and i'm gonna make you look like fucking stupid like so 
lo and behold, we end up going together. I hope he doesn't hear this because he's going to be like, "Hey, we're sparring next time I see you at the gym." But, <laughs> no, my neck. But uh, this is this is an act. This is an accurate depiction. Other people have, were there, and the, the people that saw it were there. So I'm like, um, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. So like, we end up going pretty quick i stand up like i got like i'm pretty strong for my size so like i have really good core strength and that's all that standing up from bottom is essentially when you get against the cage is just like you have something to use you just gotta fucking use your core strength to get up so i get up and like it's funny it happens like multiple times every time i get up he's like oh that was really good next time i just have to do this and that'll that will keep you down i'm like okay cool so i stand up again oh, okay well that you made this adjustment i just gotta make this adjustment stand up again i think this happened like three or four times by the fourth time i think i get him in a standing guillotine and he can't get out so he taps out and i'm like oh it's probably because i'm too small that's probably why that happened but um Rough. yeah so i was like well he won the belt so it's like i can say i tapped a ufc champion he's in practice so it's like it doesn't mean anything but like you know people get tapped in practice all the time but like i just like that story because it's like okay well like don't judge a book by its cover and don't like say hey you're probably too small for me because they might have a skill set that you're unaware of that like you know, as the rock to your scissors or whatever, you know, first interaction with them. I'd imagine that's a lot. That yeah. A lot. First interaction with them, me and my buddy Montel are talking Montel, um, is half black. So we're just, you know, talking. He's very, it's very obvious. He's black. Right. But you know, he's, we're just bullshitting and he just randomly comes up to us and starts talking. And is just like, he, the conversation gets pretty racial, like immediately. And I'm like, I don't fucking know who this guy is. Who is this guy? I was like, why is this conversation <laughs> happening right now? And he's just like, I don't remember how it got to this point, but he was just like, he looked at Montel. He's like, have you ever been to prison? And Montel's like, no. And I'm like, if you know Montel, like his, his Instagram is like the happy sign guy. Like he used to like stand on a street corner in Vegas with like signs that said like, I love you. Like he was the happy sign guy. That was like his whole That's gimmick. Cool. He's like fucking super like stoner, just like, and you know one love like you know that kind of guy so i'm like why would you fucking ask him if he's been to it's like you're only asking him that because of his skin color obviously yep and he's like oh well i've been to prison and he's like you know uh statistically speaking you're more likely to kill me than to kill you <laughs> i'm like well and he's like i'm not racist but i'm like well you're saying that to him because he's black and that that inherently is racist <laughs> i was like that is like the definition racism but i'm like that was my first interaction with that. i was like i don't know who the fuck this guy is and then once he walked away i want to tell him, i was like I, I he's like i just loved your face the whole time because i was just like like is this guy serious right now? and i he's, told her about it. i told my parents i was just like can you believe what this fucking guy said him on tell and like later on we're like oh this guy's a ufc fighter oh he's actually pretty good oh now he's the ufc champion I'm like what a fucking bizarre individual he, he is, seems but- like a chaotic a chaotic man just i remember i just i see the interview with him and the obviously the chinese lady pretty Helen often Yi, yeah and it's just like that same clip that pops up pretty often in my thing. And it's like, this guy is fucking, he's like on the spectrum for sure. Somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, he has no filter. Like, it's just None. like whatever pops in his brain, he's going to say it without like, should I say this? And like, you know, he's obviously kind of like angry, an angry guy, you know, like whatever his history was. A lot of, I think, uh, like in that podcast, growing up in like a low income, you know, super like poor, but like, you know, like I, I feel for him because it's like, I wasn't in that situation. I can't imagine like how you adapt to your surroundings and good for him for like using it to, for a a positive outlet and getting into fighting. And like, you know, hopefully he can use that in a way to like help other people that are in the same same situation. But I'm like, dude, like he's got some issues for sure. sure. There's a lot of people that want to get into fighting. They're in that 
situation. Right. Yeah. And that's like, that's, that is like, you know, for a lot of people, like a- athletics is the way out. Like people that grow up in the ghetto, people that grow up super low income, like if you're athletically talented, that's your way out. So like for those people, yeah. Like Sean Strickland's like your hero. If you're like, you know, growing up in fucking Kentucky in the fucking white trailer trash, fucking meth houses and you're happen to be pretty athletic and good to good at fighting you'd be like hey i can be just like him right i can get out this is my chance to get out my chance to get out so that's you know that's good and then it's like i don't have i don't i don't think he's a bad person i think he just you know grew up the way he grew up and he's got you know a penchant for violence obviously and he's (laughs) you know taking it out taking some of his, his demons out on other people that's that's fine you know it's like as long as you you know no going into our gym that that's who he is and that's what he wants to do like if he he's not one of those guys like that you spar and they're like hey i just want to go light and then they fucking blast you like you know if you're sparring with sean strickland that you're fighting that's his fucking gimmick like everybody knows that so it's like at least he's not an asshole in that regard of like you know people know what they're getting either not he's not fucking selling you a line of bullshit of like oh i'm really nice we're just gonna go light and then bop, bop. like there's other fighters like uriah hall was kind of that guy um he fought at 185 and i like watching him fight yeah he's fucking really athletic but he like always tries to be like oh mr nice guy and then fucking lo and behold he fucking elbows you without an elbow pad on or fucking spinning heel kicks you in the fucking face and you're like okay well like i wasn't prepared for that at all how much time does somebody spend in a <laughs> ring sparring before they take their first fight i mean i would tell people to spend as much time as you can like if you i've people always ask me at, at work like at ufc fit that like they're like oh like i'm thinking about getting in a fighting i'm like well you need to go like to one of you. i was like you're you're in the wrong place first of all second like this is not the gym to go fight like this is a great gym that offers a lot of classes for people that are just the weekend warrior types people that are nerds in jujitsu before but want to learn jujitsu they're these it's for good for people that are trying to avoid that fight gym atmosphere if you're trying to be a fighter you can't avoid that atmosphere you got to go to a fight gym i'm like you need to either go to syndicate or go to extreme and i was like both of those places are far away but if that's gonna <coughs> make you shy away from it then you're not meant to do it in the first place but like i would say you should prepare for at least a year you know if you have no background if you have even if you have like a wrestling pedigree say like i mean if you're a pretty good wrestler like you still at least need to you know you should spar probably like twice a week you know um i don't know i grew up super old school so it's like when i trained at team quest which used to be like one of the top gyms like a long time ago it kind of is really fizzled out but like i got there kind of like as it was starting to fizzle out chael zona was still there but like we didn't really have any other like high level fighters at the time but like a lot of those guys he was like oh you got to spar like two or three times a week and i was like you do five minute rounds like the pros do and you know you just are trying to beat the piss out of each other for three three five minute rounds <coughs> three times kinda, a week three times a week and like chael was even more was like oh we we should spar every day you know like a lot of a lot of those guys were spar every day team practice was you warm up you learn some techniques and then you fight right and it's like well you know if you're gonna if you're you know, if you're a power lifter, you're, you you power lift every day. If you're a swimmer, you swim every day. So if you're a fighter, yeah, you should fight every day or at least do some aspect of fighting, whether it's like, but at the same time, by the same token, like I trained a lot with Chael. He, you know, me and my buddy were like his teammates for like his last couple of fights. We were like his main sparring partners, but he liked, he was obviously a bigger guy. He fought at 185 and 205, but he liked smaller training partners because we could push a pace, but we 
couldn't throw like a heavyweight, right? We didn't have the power. So it was like, he was relatively safe training with us. Like we were good training partners, but, but we weren't going to hurt him and help him like get in shape and get yeah. used to having punches and kicks thrown at him. But it wasn't like, he wasn't going to take a lot of damage, but yeah, he wanted to always spar. He wanted to spar at least three times a week. It, now it seems like it's going the other direction, but it's like, that's for the guys that are already in the UFC that have been fighting for a long time. Like Donald Cerrone before he retired was like, oh, I'm not even doing any sparring anymore, but he's got like 50 fights. I don't think he really needs to learn how to fight. He knows how to fight, right? The main thing he needs to focus on is his skills and his conditioning. And then fighting will be fighting at the end of the day. But um, for somebody just starting out, I think you should spar hard once a week, probably, you know, every week for at least, six months and just you know it everybody's different some people don't like getting hit some people like getting hit that's weird you shouldn't like it you have to be somewhere in the middle ground of like i don't mind getting hit but the whole idea is like you should not take any damage so you should be like moving your head trying to avoid getting hit as much as possible people like getting hit yeah some people like you know it like sean strickland's kind of like one of those guys of like oh like we're fucking fighting like let's fucking go like you know you hit me i hit you but he also is pretty defensive right like he's not just letting people fucking him with bacon haymakers but like i don't think he minds getting hit very much you know um i don't mind getting hit a lot either and it's like i have a giant head so it's like not possible for me to avoid getting hit like that's i don't i've never been knocked out cold and i don't even think i've ever had a concussion but i've been dropped a lot and i think it's just the weight of my head <laughs> Like at a certain point, like there's like a tipping point to where it's like, I'm either going to fall backwards or I'm going to fall forwards. I'm not, I don't really have much of a choice. Like the weight of my head is going to take me down. Um, but yeah, my head's pretty big. So that's like a huge, it's, a, it's an advantage in some ways. Cause I think my skull's kind of too thick to like, and I don't think I've legit been concussed, but I'm probably got a lot of like little concussions, but yeah. um, I've never had any like sensitivity to light or like headaches, you know, continue like after fights, I usually get like, a headache like that night and i think it's usually more the adrenaline than anything yeah um but yeah like you kind of have to figure out like some people are just going to take to it faster than others and that's like it's so important to go to a gym where you have good coaching and like people are watching you like okay this guy's pretty skilled like when i went from my i started fighting in missouri at a, like a kind of a rinky dink gym but like the guy that ran it bought it like ufc 2 you know, so like <laughs> I, st I won Wild. all four of my fights in, in Missouri. The, the first three, I think, were in the parking lot of a strip club in Independence, Missouri called The Show. So like we're <laughs> talking like very small time, like, you know, just bullshit cards. But like, you know, I remember one of my fights, like after the weigh-ins, I saw my opponent smoking a cigarette outside. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be easy. You know, and it, it, I think I got cut open, but it was relatively easy for a fight. You know, like the guy was not in very good shape. Um yeah, so I was 4-0 out there, and then I moved to, you know, Vancouver, Washington, which is, like, right across the Columbia River from Portland. So I started training at Team Quest. And, like, relatively early, they were like, oh, we're going to put you in. We're going to give you a title fight in the FCFF, which in that area, like, Oregon, Washington, they even bring in guys in from California. Like, that area, that's, like, the prime time amateur organization. That's, like, the place you want to fight at, right? So, like, they, put, they threw me in the fire relatively quickly, but I think they could tell, like, I was skilled enough. I could handle it. I won my first title fight. I think I lost my next one, but like I accumulated a lot of amateur titles and like my amateur record was 11 and three. I was pretty good. Like I only got stopped once and that was by a guy that I ended up beating at, as a pro. Um, I still post the picture all the time. I got him in a standing guillotine and I was like very proud of it. Cause he dropped me twice in the first round 
and then just kind of gassed out. So I standing guillotined them, but um, oh yeah, that's such a cool photo. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really <laughs> cool, right? It's like fucking got him off the ground. And then like I was like my gimmicks Walker Mania would be like, yeah, dude, fucking made him tap one two three after lift him off the mat like Andre the Giant, you know, back at WrestleMania. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I mean I can't like looking back like even if i don't ever fight again which like i still intend to like the the window's kind of closing as i get older and like don't know where my health's gonna go if it's gonna get better if it's gonna get worse like you can't really replace the memories you get from fighting but it's like you know at the end of the day it's like i got a lot of memories and that's pretty much it so it's like i got a lot of friendships out of it. i got a lot of memories um didn't get any money but it's like that's the whole thing is like don't if you're doing it for money you're doing it for the wrong reasons so and you learn some, I would imagine, some self-discipline. Like, yeah. in order for, like, if, I think in any sports or any business or any anything that we do in life, it's just how often or how likely are you to continue to, to practice and right. to get better and to do yeah. the thing. Even after a lot of failure, it's like still showing up every single day and practicing. Right. And that, that's, I think that's all business is. That's all a relationship is. That's all life, I think, ends mm-hmm. up really t- being and so you 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 practice that skill that's ultimately transferable to any other area of your life right it's like yeah i obviously have work ethic and it's like i stand out a lot of places you know just from like being in really good shape and people are like oh you like work out or whatever and it's like yeah yeah i work out thanks for noticing like it's like always like that's so fucking bizarre to me but i'm like all right yeah but if you look around like people people don't don't look look like like people look like shit man i know right so it's like it 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 just bothers me that i stand out for being in good shape i'm like you know there's other people that are like it doesn't stand out to me because i'm like i surround myself around other people that have the same goals and the same work ethic and it's like but i you know i i think i even like amongst my peers i think i'm kind of known for my work ethic and like being like really strong and really good shape i'm like being willing to outwork other people and it's good because like i grew up like very soft and like not that person so like i think a lot of it is just me trying to like not ever be that person again so it's like just trying to be the antithesis of that and like not go backwards is why like i do what i do now and like why i'm like hanging upside down doing sit-ups and like doing outrageous shit and working spending like four hours at the gym doing mobility and stretching and stuff and people are like is that all you do is stretch i'm like no you just leave before i get the real work done <laughs> god damn <laughs> you're like you're just here for so little time that i'm still warming up by the time you leave it is impressive to see but, people come in and come out and it's just like man i just finished like my first couple sets of something and right like you're already done yeah it's bizarre and then like i it's so like even like being in the sauna and like seeing people that like aren't sweating i'm like well, how unhealthy are you isn't that weird yeah like they'll be in there and i'm like i'm soaking wet after like eight to ten minutes yeah and like other people i'm like what do you not drink water why are you in here right now <laughs> like what's happening have you, know, you like, earned your right to even sit in the sauna right? i'm like did you even work out is this your workout you sitting in here like uh, all, I think hats off to you. if you're disabled and that's all you can do hats off to you but like at a certain point, like I, I think a lot of people just don't realize that like, there you're doing yourself a disservice. Like I like the quote. I always fuck it up. I don't even know who it is. It's like Socrates or something. But it's like, what a shame it is for a man to like live his entire life and not know the beauty and strength that his body is capable of. Yeah. Like you know, because it's just like man, dude. Like I see overweight people, and I'm like, I was really overweight. Like I got up to like a size 42 or 44 jeans before I started wrestling again in high school. No shit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's not hard to reverse that lifestyle at all. It's just, you have to make a switch. You have to make a decision. Like it's it. 
I think for, I don't know why it's so hard. For, it's the, the the fear of the uncomfortable. Yeah, probably it's right. like it's easier just to get the soda rather than just right. get the water. It's like well, does they that, don't realize how uncomfortable they are. Right. Currently, it's like right. I, I can't imagine how like how uncomfortable you are right now. But it's like you don't know because it's every day for you. It's just that's just how you feel. I was when I was lifting the most. It was very little cardio, and it was like you know it's like triples and singles and whatever mm-hmm. and i remember trying to run to the car when it was wet and i got to the car and i was like <gasps> i was like this is not like yes i'm strong but this right. is like not almost disgustingly unhealthy <laughs> and I, can't, I can't imagine what it is to not even have any lifting background but no cardio whatsoever and you're just a big person that needs to mm-hmm. move yeah and like going on vacation and sometimes seeing people like we got on the cruise and seeing people that couldn't get on to on their specific excursion because it was too much effort to walk to or it's like god man i never want to be in that location but it happens probably more often than i'm than i think anybody's really happy yeah. about yeah the world's in a pretty shitty place right now it is in general i feel like like we're everybody's pretty fucking soft everybody and it's like we're, we're we're all like on the verge of a world war and like i just i don't i don't see anybody out there that's like you know gonna charge the beaches of normandy like obviously we're our technology's past that but it's like you know, you watch Saving Private Ryan, the opening scene. It's like, they're, I, I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not a soft person. I just imagine Joe Schmo that's fucking, oh, I'm freaking out because they don't have Diet Coke, you know, at the fucking restaurant or whatever. Or like, oh, I'm going to freak out because they don't have my fucking Snickers bar that I want or whatever. It's like, dude, like, get your fucking life together, bro. It's like, People you're can- so unhappy. And it's just like, you can do something about it, you know? But I don't know. Like, I don't know where the disconnect is. Like I, they can do. So, like everybody has the power within themselves to to buy the book, to go on a walk. It doesn't right. need to be something fucking intense. But yeah. like it's a slow progression. And ideally, like, just go to the fucking gym and lift some weights. Like get strong. Yeah. But like even if it's if you need that slow progression for your own life, like it's it's there. It's free. Right. Go the fuck outside. Do some pushups. Right. Do some sit ups. Do some squats. Like it's not that fucking hard. Yeah. Man. What was upsetting for me was like after COVID, like seeing people for a first time in like a year or two. And like how much get weight they gained. And I was like, what were you doing with your time? Like you just decided to sit in your house and drink and eat. I was like, I was doing the opposite. Like I got in better shape during the quarantine than I was before the quarantine. Cause I like, wasn't in a good place before quarantine. Like I just stopped fighting. I didn't know like, or I just got, I just lost my fight. I didn't know if I was going to ever fight again. My health was shit. I was focused only on my job. I didn't particularly like working at I love kickboxing. I kind of felt like I was wasting my potential if you will but it's obviously we met there so that was good but like like i got in really good shape because i was like i would go i would run like five miles one day and then the next day we had a key we had keys to the gym so we would go like do bag work or like we had a couple like we had like a chin-up bar and we had like bare minimal equipment but we would like still work out right and it's like dude like i realized everybody didn't have about the but they all could have gone outside and fucking walked and done some push-ups and wouldn't went to a juggle gym and done some pull-ups or fucking something like something and it's like the last couple of years i've been more self-aware about like my ocd and like my anxiety and probably adhd and all that kind of shit so i'm like luckily like that chef stuff has afforded me to like hyper fixate on my fitness and like almost on an unhealthy amount but like i'd rather be that than the other guy right like i don't i would never trade anything that i've done the world during during my time in covid it was also i just i ended up we ended up staying open um i ended up doing labor outside instead but like i 
use that time to work out as much as I could or to start a new business or to do and like to start the podcast, do anything that I possibly could to better my life, to learn new. I, I got into making cocktails. I got into making to smoking meats. I got into mm-hmm. um, running consistently. Like I could do, I could go outside, run a six mile, do it, run yeah. six miles. And part of it was for me, but also part of it was for Boomer. Like he's a German shepherd. He needs, he needs that exercise. Right. right. Um, so it's just, it was it was I was the I mean the leanest I've ever been in my life and it was fucking it was awesome, um, yeah. and then once everything's kind of picked up again I was like man I kind of wish that things were a little bit more shut down again yeah it yeah, was yeah, yeah. it would it would be nice if it's just a little bit quieter yeah. just a little bit quieter that's the thing too is like you brought up a good point of like boomer it's like how many people have fucking kids and dogs and shit and just don't take care of them because they can't take care of themselves. The like kids the one hurts me. I mean, the dog one hurts me too, but the kids one, I think it's like, I don't want to go play outside with my kid. Let me just give them something to play with. Let me, let yeah. me just give them me buying the new toy and not to just take the time to build a relationship with this person. And I think like, I personally would wish like I had that relationship with my parents. It's like, well, we went outside and we, we hung out and we like, we did like when I grew up, we watered the plants together or we would go outside and do certain things. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it happens way too often where I'd see when I would train kiddos, it's like, I haven't seen mom or I haven't seen mm-hmm. dad or like, yeah. it's like, fuck man. They're too wrapped up in their own shit. Maybe they should reconsider coming into, coming into somebody like, don't, don't have kids. <laughs> if you're going to be like that, if you're not going to be like a hundred percent, like that's, you know, we've talked about having kids, but it's like, I'm still like doing my own shit. And it's like, I know once we have kids, like that shit stops or it has to stop. It should stop. It's like everything that, you know, you might spend eight hours working, but like you need to spend the rest of that time with your kid and best that time with your children. And, like even eight hours, like, you know, spending away from your kid is too long. Like you can't, you're going to like let a stranger take care of your kid for eight hours. No, like, nah, man, like you got to fucking raise your kid. Like, you know, I've had problems with my parents, but like the one thing that they did do, like, even though I did get super overweight, like at some point in my life, like they did like, Hey, like I'm going to, my dad would, Oh, I'm going to go for a run, like ride your bike, you know, or like, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to go play baseball or something. You know, my dad worked out with, when I started getting into lifting weights, my dad would work out with me a little bit. His body kind of broke down. He has like arthritis and shit, but you know, they tried. My mom was the one that got me back into wrestling too. Like I wrestled in middle school. They made me play like all the sports in middle school and I was always bad at all of them. I was never good at anything, but um before my junior year our neighbor and we had a got a new neighbor and it was like the assistant wrestling coach from my high school and she was like oh you're gonna wrestle this year and i was like ah fuck i don't want to do that like i'm fat and lazy i'm trying i'm trying to play video games and like not talk to people <laughs> like let me do that you know but i ended up doing the wrestling and that's kind of what how like i got into like lifting and fighting so like i always owe my parents a debt for like they, you know, they, they tried, they did their best, you know, and it's like realizing now that like in my, in my thirties of like, nobody really knows what they're doing. They're just doing the best they can. Right. Yeah. They, but it's like, you know, as a little kid, you think your parents know, you know, everything and they're so, sh- they act so certain of like when you do something wrong that they're disciplining you and that they're doing the right thing. And it's like, well, they didn't really know. They yeah. just were assuming that this is the right course of action, but you know, I can't, can't blame them for that. Cause that's what everybody's doing. But, um, I think that I blame my parents for a long time and like it is the, the, the positives I think are things that I need to also give some value to as well. It's like, yeah. yes, I can, I can complain all day, but uh, they're the reason I got into the gym at such an early age. My dad yeah. took me to the gym consistently. And though I hated the way he like 
worked out with me is like you gotta breathe like this man no you, you gotta do it like it's, it's like, like teaching you all the wrong things fuck. to do it's <laughs> like no like, dad leave me alone you oh, know? God. Um, yeah. but like it, but it was the introduction to that lifestyle and i can never be mad at him for that you know yeah, like, that's invaluable yeah yeah and i hope to pass that down to my kids even if i'm not like spending like if my kid is young enough that they're in the garage with me and i'm working out that they're just like with me like we're hanging out like look what dad does like right. th- th- this is how you take care of your body mm-hmm. and th- like and then also just expressing love to your to your wife or to your significant other like mm-hmm. like this is what a good relationship looks like and like those things are invaluable and it's not maybe direct time playing t- playing like catch with your kid but it's showing them and being the example around them that's going to make them a better human in 20 30 years you're still going right. to fuck them up to some degree probably yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah. not going to be perfect but um yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm becoming more and more open to, to kiddos, more and more. Yeah, I mean, same for me, probably like in a couple of years. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I just like, I've, I spend so much of my life being selfish and I'm like learning to like, you know, give my time to other people. You know, it's like, it's a struggle sometimes, but I'm like, okay, like, like when you have kids, like then it's literally like you don't have any more free time. It's no longer your time. It's their time. So it's like, okay, like that's scary to me. So it's like, yeah, am I slowly maybe opening up to it a little bit? Yes. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, okay. But like you said, like, you know, take the kids to the gym with you, make them, let them watch you know, work out in the garage. They get to watch, you know, dad be strong and do that kind of stuff. But it's like, if, if I did have kids, like they would definitely be training jujitsu. They're definitely going to lift weights. They're definitely not going to be turds. I just, you know, then you got to be aware of like burning them out and like giving them mental disorders because they're like worried about their weight or whatever. So it's, it's, I'd imagine it's very difficult to be a parent, but it's like also, you know, just, it's okay to not be one. If you're going to be that selfish piece of shit that just like drop your kids off at the gym and then leaves and goes and does your other thing or you're like drinking alcohol or whatever, your kid's looking at a fucking tablet or whatever like that. You're just a bad person. Like you shouldn't have kids. Like if I was the ruler of the world, I'd be like, everybody gets chemically castrated. It can be reversible, but you have to fill out an application. There's an application process to have kids. You know, you shouldn't just be allowed to fucking come in anybody you want and reproduce because that's like driving a car dangerous yeah <laughs> exactly you should have a license of some kind <laughs> a license to have kids i mean honestly that's not a bad idea like i mean it's very like totalitarian like not america not free fucking you know liberty bullshit but i'm like you know freedom has to come with some kind of responsibility like fucking uncle ben said it best great power comes with great responsibility like you can't just be fucking acting a fool out here and then like fucking having kids and then they fucking turn into murderers or fucking something like there has to be some kind of same thing with like our fucking medical care systems are wrecked because people are just fucking turds and like killing themselves with food and alcohol and that's like you can't there has to be some level of fucking responsibility and if you're not willing to show that responsibility yourself then i don't know who it shouldn't be the government but somebody's got to fucking put a stop to it i think that it's it, like it, i think it should be the individual ultimately if i think we took more responsibility for what we consumed yeah. then the the items that are on the shelf purely for profit like cheetos they're not there for nutrition at all they're there to make money and yeah. you realize that yeah. and you're selecting things that are really nutritious for you then those things end up dying naturally i like cheetos but like i, I like cheetos I, but <laughs> we work out so it's like you know like at a certain point like if you work out if you're burning four thousand calories a day you can eat five thousand calories worth of food but you know if you're eating ten thousand calories and not burning any calories then it becomes a fucking problem and it's like what do you what do you do how like we can't force people to make the change 
So I guess we just got to fucking bitch about it on a podcast and then just, you know. <laughs> Hopefully they become aware about the change. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that you can still have those things. I think you really don't need to make that much change in your life. Like, go to the gym. Just go to the gym. Drink, drink, drink more water. Drink more water. Go, go to the for gym. a walk. Eat more protein. Spend more time with your kids. Eat a vegetable. Be kinder to your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be kinder to your family. Be. I find some people are more kind to strangers than they are to their own family, and that's kind of sad too. I forget. There's a there's a a reason for there's like some psychology like, yeah, like terminology yeah. for yeah, it, but yeah. um, it happens. We end up treating the people closest to us worse the than worst. Yeah. Cause we feel like we can like there's that like boundary that's been crossed, been crossed like, already. Yeah. rather than upholding that same respect for that person throughout the entire time and i think that's that's tough man mm-hmm. i mean that's i think i mean i've definitely struggled with that in the past for sure i mean for me personally too it's like i feel like i like like i get really frustrated with my mother like easily and my, and my dad too but it's like i expect more out of you guys yeah because i know you and it's like i I know I'm not a stupid person and I share your genes. So it's like, you know, like just do better. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yep. And it's like, you get mad when it's like, okay, like don't act like you're retarded. I'm oh, sorry. Art worded. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, know, I know you're not, you know, so like stop acting like it, but like, you know, yeah, that's just not, but like, that's how, you know, people start verbally abusing their kids and stuff of like you know just not having that not giving people grace and being like hey you don't, you don't understand this and i don't know why you don't understand it but i'm going to try to make you understand in a positive way mom dad you need to go to the gym more <laughs> i feel i don't know like go calm down go take a moment go yeah. go, to, go to therapy go go do what you got to do to take care of yourself um i don't know i think having kids makes me i mean even now but if when I was training the kiddos that I had, it's like I, I have a responsibility to these kids to show up as educated as I can and, and like and always sober and always clean and always like they deserve the absolute best because you never know the impact that you're going to have on this child. And yes, I'm handing that child off um, to somebody else, but it's still like like it's it's their 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 child. But it, like having my own. I think it's like 10 times of that. It's like, I had parents that would show up drunk and just like yeah. pick up their kids and be like, Oh, we're just going to drive home. Right. Like, oh, oh, damn. Well, wasn't right. that long ago that parents were like smoking cigarettes and drinking beers in the cars with their kids. Like yeah. when the windows rolled up, you know, like my dad smoked when I was growing up, but he never was like, I'm going to smoke in the car while I'm driving. Like he at least had that much respect for his son that he was like, I'm not going to fucking give you secondhand smoke. Like, not gonna fucking ruin your life because I'm making a bad decision. Yeah. Like, and also, good point. Like years ago, it was like the Surgeon General was like cigarettes was are good for you. Fucking normal, <laughs> cool thing to do just because the fucking lobbyists. Yeah, yeah, cigarettes yeah. are good. Cigarettes are fine. So. It's good for your blood pressure. Yeah. Helps you relax. Helps with kids. Helps with yeah. menstrual cycles. Like yeah, all these things. It's like, that is, that cigarettes are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, if you got if you got to give birth, just smoke a cigarette. The baby will pop right up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bizarre. I mean, at least, yeah, it's like at least information's out there now. That's what bothers me more is like the information's all readily available, and like you know what you're doing is bad, but you're just choosing to stay ignorant. Like, I I, I love Lane Norton to death. But I think if people were more educated, he wouldn't really have a job because all he's doing right now, he's making a lot like he does a lot, but he's making a lot of money and making getting a lot of fame out of just debunking people that are like 
health professionals, but the reason that he's getting play and people are sharing his stuff is because people are dumb enough to listen to the other people that are selling the snake oil, right? It's like if everybody was just a little bit more educated, like you can go on Google and go on PubMed and fucking find out that like crealkaline isn't really as good as creatine monohydrate. Like it's all fucking out there. There's evidence. There's all fucking research. It's all been researched. <laughs> people are making money doing shit. And you can go fucking look it up. Like it's not difficult. Just care a little bit. God, it's just, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's having the question, is this really good for me or not? Right. Yeah. And that's all uh, you just have to have Quick some self awareness. Like, I'm, if I, if I'm considered mentally ill because I have fucking OCD and ADHD, then it's like, uh, that's fine. Like, but if, you know, fucking being unaware is right, then I don't want to be right. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be right. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm neurodiverse, but I'm like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. Like, you know, aside from like not being the most financially responsible person in the world and like putting too much time into exercise and not enough in other things in my life. Like I, I I'm chilling, you know, the common traits of impulsivity and, yeah. and OC or like obsessive compulsive is mm-hmm. just being obsessed with the, the, mm-hmm. the items, yeah. um, following routines, all those things can be detrimental, but at the same time, I think can provide like, as long as you find the routine that's ultimately beneficial, like mm-hmm. long-term health and yeah. like, then you're doing the right things. Like, oh no, I read a lot right. and I work out a lot. Right. Damn, yeah. and I also like to spend money. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we're doing all right though. But it's like, yeah, I don't get it. It's just people are like, oh, like you're in really good shape. I'm like, well, I have a fucking lot. Of, there's a lot of shit going up on up here. So like, I, I mean, was, wish I was a little, a little bit more like you. Yeah, like maybe not because you might have blown your fucking brains out. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I've con- I've fucking had suicidal thoughts at times. Like I never dealt too much into it but like you know fucking manic depressive episodes and that kind of shit you know and it, it's like not that's not the best thing in the world but like also i, I don't know it's character building <laughs> it, it, you learn how to cope really well like i've also cope. gone through the the definitely have gone to the hospital for mental health things and yeah. suicide and and taking maybe like drinking way too much and taking way too many drugs and they're just, just trying to quiet everything that's going on in there and trying to find a different way because apparently like at that time coming off of powerlifting and competing at worlds is like okay yeah you're at this high and then all of a sudden like you're going back to regular life and it's like i don't know really know what to do anymore yeah. how do i cope and it yeah. was for me it was like trying to get as drunk as i can or like you know, trying to find different women or find trying an outlet of some kind anything anything right. it would never nothing ever filled it um and nothing was ever going to fill it it was never going to be one of those things i just in that moment didn't realize it mm-hmm. and so just continued to take more and more and more into spiraled the, yeah man yeah. it's, it's a just, snowball effect too just recently so we're like mm-hmm. for i guess almost eight nine months now Good um, for you, it's man. been it's been tough it's been yeah. hard yeah um and so, so I, I, I consider sober still drinking alcohol every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and the, even then, I should probably still slow down on that. No, that's good. I can congratulations, but like, Thanks. totally having to totally remove something from your life just still shows that it still has some power over you. So I agree with you that it's like being sober to you. If that's what your definition is of, like, I can still have a drink every. It does just doesn't turn into fucking ten drinks right that's i think that's more healthy than being like i can never drink ever and i I can't smoke weed because that's a drug and i can't do mushrooms because that's a drug and it's like you know like fucking massive doses of edibles and mushrooms have fucking like 
totally fucking worn away my ego at times. So it's like that, that stuff's been pretty beneficial for me. And it's like, mm-hmm. I went and had us, uh, when we were going through our separation, I went and had a, uh, psychiatric evaluation. Cause I was like, you know, my family's got like a history of psychological issues. So let me like go figure that shit out. And I told him, I was like, I smoke weed a lot and I, I microdose psilocybin and like, you know, I work out a lot. That's my way of coping with shit. And he's like, well, he's like, He's like, you're not like, you're, he's like, you're not as fucked up as you feel like you are. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm pretty fucked up. I feel like my life's falling apart. And he's like, well, you go to work. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you, you work out like a lot. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, he's like, you're not, you're, you're doing a pretty good job of like self, self, uh, medicating. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, psilocybin is like the future for mental health. Like that's what he said. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Oh yeah. Right on. I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll keep riding that out. I guess like, I, <laughs> I, mean, hey, I was like thanks i was like i've just pretty much wasted a half an hour i was like i at least got to bed a little bit i guess but i think it because it, in the moment of like those manic moments you're like holy shit everything's going to destruction mm-hmm. and right. just having somebody else that's i think a professional that says hey actually i see people all the time you're doing pretty okay yeah, it's like you're doing fine okay all right cool. <laughs> yeah yeah professional is telling you you're 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 okay then you're like okay and just yeah. take the foot off the take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit here and not uh not fucking take drastic actions and it's still like it's you're still gonna feel that feeling this feeling is still very real but it's like okay i'm having some anxiety but i'm yeah. not doing that bad just take a deep breath go for a workout go for right. a run do what i gotta do i don't need to move back home i don't need to find i don't need to go to rehab i don't need to like i'm not there i just i need to take a moment yeah and that like feeling of impending doom like that probably is just like a genetic thing like our ancestors like people would literally just like ride in on horses and burn down the village and like kill everybody or like a fucking mammoth would run through or whatever like it's all it's It's all fucking it's ingrained in our in our psyches so like being able to manage that in some kind of way and being aware of it is important um you know and that's like i i definitely feel a difference like the times I've been at my worst is when I got out of my routine, when I like just stopped working out, I stopped giving a shit. Like then I've been at my lowest point, but as long as I like keep the ball rolling and just like, you know, just keep working out. Like I'm just trying to hit that next PR, trying to fucking go to sparring, whatever. Like I can kind of put everything else on the back burner and just be like, you know, I'm just kind of living in the moment trying to get that done. And once that's done, then I can start doing other things. I'll keep putting off a phone call. that's going to take me five minutes, but I'm just going to go ahead and do this deadlift real quick. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man, life's a trip. Cause it's like, you know, eventually we're all going to die. And it's like, you got to, I think a lot of people avoid coping with that and like accepting that. And it's like, I feel like I know a lot of people that are just not, not okay with their own mortality. It's like, dude, like, and it's like ironically it's people that are super religious and i'm like well i thought i thought like heaven was like the ultimate goal like i thought that was paradise i thought we were all trying to go there like you know why are you so upset that's like i understand like grieving somebody that's dying is like more of is like a selfish act because you grieve the fact that you're not going to be able to see that person you're not gonna be able to wake up and call that person right like it's not if you believe in heaven and you believe in if you're a christian and believe in heaven or whatever you believe in right the end goal is to be in paradise and be in heaven. So it's like, you should be happy for that person that they're, you know, you believe it unless you believe they went to hell. That's a different story. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but it's like if that, if you think that person went to hell, then you probably shouldn't be that you mournful. Don't over, you probably care don't that much. care that much that they died. Right. So, you know, it's just, yeah, people just can't grapple with their, and I think, I don't know if it's just like fighting or, or doing lots of drugs or what, but I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, I know I'm going to die eventually. 
you know, hopefully later rather than sooner or whatever, you know, like I'm just being like, I don't know, having those suicidal thoughts of like, ah, you know, it'd be a lot easier if I was just dead. Then like, maybe that's just why I'm like, okay, like I'm going to die eventually. You know, I dealt with it very early on. I remember being in like, we used to have a, I think it was a Yukon. So it's like a three tier, like a three seater or three row thing. And we were driving, I think probably from Corpus back down (gasps) home to McAllen to, to Elsa's the town. Um, and I just, I remember looking at the back window, listening to the music and just being like, Oh, we're all going to die. Damn. I'm going to die. My parents are going to die. Yeah. Everyone in this car is going to die. Yeah. And I just remember like looking out into like looking at like a horizon or like looking to the sunset and just being like, then like, I don't know. I just like felt very okay with that fact. Like it's going to be okay and i don't know i was very young i was like like 12 maybe maybe even younger than that yeah. and just being like it i don't know there was some sort of peace associated with it because i don't know maybe knowing that like yes we're gonna die but like this beauty gets gets to continue to live on which is probably why i like sunsets as much as i do yeah but like everything's gonna continue to move whether i'm here or i'm not like right there's a nicety to that now mm-hmm. i think it can swing the opposite way where it's like well nothing fucking matters and i'm nihilist as fuck and right, like destroy right, right. it all yeah um but for whatever reason it was just very calming and then now day to day i never really think about it it just it's it is what it is and then mm-hmm. i i think that's probably why i value community as much as i do it's like i, I like sitting down to have these conversations i like yeah. sitting down to just talk with people or like meet someone at the bar or like it's just because like see I th- how their brain works see how their brain works for yeah. one but at the same time it's like just to make another friend hopefully and like I don't know. Maybe I'll see you in ten years. Maybe I won't. Maybe 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 this is my one opportunity to ever get to meet you and sit down and record it, and then I can like I don't know. There's so many times I remember like being in high school. We're like sitting down. We're all just hanging out and like laughing, having a good time, and like those memories. I just I cherish. And it's like why why do they have to stop? Like I feel like as I got older, it happened less and less because people just don't get around to just talk anymore. So it was. I, like I, I miss that so much. Yeah, it just we're all pretty disconnected. I remember I did a big dose of mushrooms one time, and I was just chilling in my room listening to music. And I thought I figured it out. I was like, you know, I think we're all just part of the same consciousness. It's just that con- conscious manifests itself into a physical body, and then when you die, you rejoin the, you know, just like why like history repeats itself, and like there's similar people have memories from other people and that kind of stuff. I'm like, it's, it's all. So we're all one, man. Stop hating. Start loving. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, as as, yeah. as woo as it might sound, I mean, I think that the collective t- consciousness, if we are all made up the same matter, then the, why is that so far fetched? Right. Like, I feel like that's more. I, I, I maybe this is weird, but maybe more more uh, more realistic than a one one not man god that. <laughs> controls at all that invented all of that like with non-existent right. yeah. but automatic like in apparently was existent like i yeah. it just like i don't know it just i i rather believe that more we are probably all more similar and than we really think i also think we all have it wrong like whatever idea that we can come up with is probably like off right, um, right, right we're not right. that intelligent it's, yeah it's probably yeah, beyond <laughs> our understanding right yeah but it's like you know like yeah higher powers and afterlife and that's all people just rationalizing their own mortality at the end of the day but it's like you know who who knows what's going on it's like you don't remember what life was like before you were born right so it's like maybe it's just like that you don't remember that you're not going to remember what happens after you die too <laughs> i don't know if i would mind that yeah 
right? Really? It's just darkness and nothingness. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind anything that anything that happens at the end of the day. It's like, it, it, it is what it is. Like, I can't control it anyways. Right. What the fuck you does no it matter? Control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I can ponder it all day, but part of me is like, what value does that bring me other than like, like, like a massage in my own brain like mm. oh yeah you you're thinking about it and it's like sure but yeah what value maybe. is this bringing me or bringing anybody it's like i'm never going to come to an answer right so like, it's like when you die it's not going to matter anyways probably yeah. so so then what can like what, what are the things i can solve today with these people that i'm with now right like right. how can i build good relationships and how can i control what i can control um bring me back to what reality truly is and like not cutting off the person next to me or not just fucking being a cunt like it's just being a kind human being and taking care of this one vessel that i have so that yeah. i'm 80 years old i don't have to ask somebody to wipe my own ass <laughs> like as as i understand that that's a job and i understand that not everybody has that like it, people just have a genetic predisposition or have surgeries or whatever get paralyzed and they they have to go down that route um but if i can control or reduce the chances of that happening i want to take every single chance that i can mm-hmm. yeah i agree rather go out in a blaze of glory honestly fuck yeah yeah like i remember what my great uncle like he ended up dying of cancer so he kind of like died within his own body there for a little while but he like he always said he's like if i ever get to the point where i can't take care of myself i'm just gonna walk into the ocean and not come back and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucks with that i get it like that's one hell of a way to die go in a fucking row out in a boat row out into the ocean and just fucking <laughs> figure it out right yeah yeah i don't know if i want to be lit on fire but like <laughs> that doesn't sound very pleasant but it's like you know what's like some grand like thing i can do that it's like i fucking get on one of those fucking flying squirrel suits and fucking run into a bridge at 100 miles per hour or something like that like, i just i want to guarantee that i die yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or like jump out of a plane that didn't, without a parachute be like, well, this is gonna fucking hurt for a second. For a half second, second yeah. half a second. Hopefully, I'm not conscious. I'll make sure I like nose dive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe just have like a fucking big old bag of cocaine. So you like snort it in the air and like have maybe a heart I'll, Maybe I'll OD and have a heart attack before I hit the ground. I don't know. We just gotta figure out. We gotta we gotta ponder this a little bit more because I don't want to. I don't want to go out a shitty way. Like I mean, going out in your sleep sounds nice, but yeah, I don't want to fucking be a prisoner in my own body. That sounds fucking terrible. It does sound That's terrible. why I always kind of joked. I was like, I'll probably be dead before I'm 60. I don't know. But it's like, you know, the health, it's, it seems like sometimes healthy guys fucking have heart attacks at like 50 and fucking die. So, you know. It's a real thing. Especially it is a real like- thing. And like the other day I had the thought of like, fuck, I'm, I'm middle-aged. And I'm like, that means I have to live like another 34 years. And I got very overwhelmed by that thought. And I was like, hmm, it's a long time. Like I already feel like I've lived kind of a hundred lifetimes. I'm kind of kind of uh gotten a little tired at this point. Like I don't know if I can do another thirty-four <laughs> years. Sounds a little rough. And I'm like, realistically speaking, with medical technology, like thirty-four is not really half middle aged. It's like I got like another six years and then, then I gotta live another forty years. I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm like I'm sure lot. she fucking doesn't like hearing this, but I'm like <laughs> bro it's yeah. like God, how much how much shit is there to do honestly like how many books are there to read how much fucking like you know there's a, that only so point. many restaurants you know like it's a really good fucking point you know that's something i really thought about but a really good fucking it's point like, what the fuck it's like uh it's just yeah I, I don't know if i've just feel like i've been through more shit just like from my life i mean my dad was in the military so it's like i had to move around a little bit like not even as much as like normal military. There's every normal military. It's like every three years, we stay in the same house for like nine years. So like I always tell people I'm from Washington. That's where I'm from. I always say 
Portland because I say Vancouver, Washington. People are like, oh, you're Canadian? I'm like, fuck you. No. It's like, wouldn't I just say I'm Canadian? Like, wouldn't I just say that? But no, Vancouver, Washington's right next to fucking Portland. So I just say Portland. Well, they hear like, Vancouver, though. <laughs> no, Washington? Yeah, I know. Did you hear the people, last part of that? Right, right. Yeah, people just fucking triggered. And they're like, Canada. Yeah. Right. You know, it happened like, happened one time. I was at a lake that was like maybe an hour from Vancouver, Washington. And I was like, oh, well, we're from Vancouver. And they're like, oh, Canada. <laughs> Like, bro, for real? Right it was like it was founded before Vancouver, BC. <laughs> Jesus. But I like, yeah, I spent most of my life there, which is like, it's a pretty cool place to be. But like, I lived in Missouri. I lived in California. I live in Vegas now. My parents live in Texas and Dallas area. So it's like, I've been around. I've probably had more life experience than some people and less than other people. But yeah, I'm just like, maybe it's the fighting thing too. Like, I've, almost at the age where I've been fighting for longer than I haven't been. So, I mean, maybe that's why I have a hard time, like accepting the idea of not being able to fight. Like, you know, but I do have hope. I mean, I've seen a lot of guys, you know, like Aljamain Sterling had a disc replacement and got back in the cage. And I think Chris Weidman did the same thing, but like, I know my physical therapist said that he's working with a guy that does uh, stem cell injections in the spinous having good results. So I'm like, nice. stem cells are like the future for medical stuff. So yeah. I'm like, hopefully like if I was like, like really the only issue I have physically, like aside, I have a Liz Frank injury in my foot. I tore some ligaments, but besides the foot and the neck, I'm pretty good. Like I feel like I'm stronger than I ever have been. I'm probably in better shape than I ever have been. Like technically I haven't been able to spend as much time doing like sparring and rolling as I would like. But, you know, I feel like, and mentally, I'm probably in the best place I've been in a long time. So, you know, if I could at least do one more fight, I, I always told myself three more because I'd put me at 14 amateur fights and I had 13 pro fights. So three more put me at 30 total. I'm like, three more. At this point, it's like really like hopefully I can do one more and then like just take it from there. So you said earlier about Chael Sonnen kind of getting you in with uh, Bellator. Mm -hmm. How yeah. exactly do you get in with a company that can big promotion yeah, yeah. this is a, a question that people yeah get a lot so like mma is totally like obviously like football basketball baseball guys go to college they go to minor leagues or they go you know they go from college to the nfl they go to college to the nba you know they go developmental league or whatever fighting's different in that there is no you know you can't go to college on an mma scholarship right so it's like you know you fight amateur for a while you hopefully you find a good team you know you either get a coach or a manager of some kind you know somebody that's kind of picking your fights for you or you know telling you what fights you should take what sides you shouldn't take you know getting offers from essentially like promoters just have a relationship with either coaches of gyms or agents managers and the promoters will be like hey i i have a fight at this weight class against this guy with this record do you have anybody that that can do that and they'll be like oh yeah i have this guy right that's pretty much how it works so Interesting. it's like you know if you're once you're amateur you win a couple fights you maybe win an amateur amateur belt you go pro pro you start off on the regional scene you start like most of my fights were either like king of the cage in oregon or like smaller shows in washington so like king of the cage used to be a big promotion it was like ronda rousey fought in king of the cage rampage fought in king of the cage like fighters like would go king of the cage to the ufc it's not that way anymore king of the cage isn't really um as respected as they were back in the day but it's like you know you would go regional and then you would go like to the like a bigger promotion like lfa 
or um, I think Fury is a big one. Like there's a lot of ones that are like under the UFC fight pass. So like those guys, you know, they win a couple fights or win a belt there. Then it's like, okay, like you have you now established yourself. You're now at one point my record was seven and one. So I was like, oh, this record's like good enough for me to get in the UFC or something or like LFA. It would have been like the next step would have been like LFA or something. But I was seven and one. I lost two fights at 170. Um, I was dealing with a bucket tear in my meniscus. So like not to say that I would have won the fights if I didn't have that, but like you know, one fight was a king of the cage title fight, and I literally couldn't kick with this. If I kicked, my knee would lock up and I couldn't bend it. So I would have to like, I could get in a really deep squat, and then it would pop, and it would kind of relax, release. So I was like, and for that fight, I was just like, I can't throw. I'm not going to throw any kicks. I'm not really going to grapple. I'm just going to try to punch this guy's face off. Yeah. Um, ended up losing that fight by rear naked choke in the fourth round. Um, but so I went. I lost two fights in a row, so I was seven and three. And my coach at the time in Oregon uh, in Portland was like, "Oh, you need to go down to one fifty-five. Like that's always the answer when you like come to a crossroads in your career where you lose a couple of fights. They're like, maybe the weight's the issue. So maybe like go down and wait, or go up and wait. So their response was go down and wait. So I went down. I fought at one sixty, won that fight, and then I went down to one fifty-five for my Bellator fights. That's where I signed the con- the contract was for one fifty-five. So that was the plan. Was that oh, I would drop down to one fifty-five. <coughs> Then I lost both those fights at 155. So like, and then based on how my last cut went, and I was like, I obviously can't properly rehydrate unless I have an IV, which you're not supposed to use IVs after fight after weigh-in. So I was like, okay, like at this point, I, my plan is to, if I could go back to fighting, it would be like 170 or some kind of catch weight, like 165 or something. But um, yeah, it's just you know you fight at the regional level. Once you have so many fights, you get, you know, shot at like a bigger show that would be like, this is your, this is your road to the UFC here. You know, some guys get in the contenders, some guys get in the UFC, but yeah, usually like, uh, managers, like I was managed by a guy named Jason house at one point, who's got like a good relationship with the matchmakers of the UFC, um, that I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't like maintain that relationship as well as I should have, um, from my perspective, like the managers really don't get paid to do much other than you know they talk they just text these promoters and then they like take part of your purse and it's like they usually take like 15 to 20 percent and it's like okay well i'm the one that's doing all the work and taking all the damage here and you're just making money off of what exactly you know wow. just me so being the connect yeah being the connect being the guy that has the phone number essentially yeah. you know so being the middleman so um that's the main thing is this like if you know if there's fighters out there that are like, oh, I'm really struggling to get fights and all that stuff. Like you, you, you're pretty much at the point where you have to have a manager to get anywhere. Um, I'm lucky. Like at this point in my career, like I'm just trying to get like a regional show to get back to like the bigger stage if I can. And it's like I, I, I have contacts with promoters, so like I just reach out to myself, be like, why would I pay somebody to do something I can do? Yeah. Like I can reach out to this guy and be like, hey, do you have any? fights coming up do you have any opponents in mind like i don't like this fight i like that fight you know no i was actually i don't remember how long ago this was but i was signed up to fight for king of the cage probably this was like a year and a half ago and like the closer we got to the fight i was like yeah i don't feel like like something's not right like i like usually this guy would be watching my story or something or like the promoter would be contacting me a little bit more and like two weeks from the fight he's like hey i haven't heard anything from your opponent since like i asked you guys for your medicals and stuff which he asked like about like a month ago 
And he's like, turns out he got in a car accident and he's trying to settle a lawsuit so he can't fight. And I'm like, well, I, I wish you would have told me that a month ago. Like, yeah. told me a, tell me a month ago that he has you haven't heard anything from the guy and like that we're not, you know. And that's the thing though is like you sign a contract, you're not really obligated to fulfill the contract. Like you can just not fight and nothing happens to you. That's wild. That seems insane. But, I mean, the sport's still relatively early. I mean, the UFC started in like the 90s. So it's like, there's not really like, it's still very people are like, early. oh, it sucks. There's no money in it. But it's like, well, but there's also like anybody can fight and say you're a turd you'd like pull out of your fight multiple times. There's no punishment for you. Like other than like, if you do it like three or four times, promoters are probably going to stop offering you fights. So it's like, it's kind of the wild, wild west still. So it's like, yeah, you can't expect there to be a lot of money in it or for them to give you, you know, there's no medical coverage. There's no, you know, unless you get injured in the fight um there's no you don't get it, there's no medical coverage for your training camp there's no medical coverage for anything that happens before you get in the cage like it's only like in the cage you know and then if you like say so my first bellator fight i was like oh i hurt my neck in the fight you know and then they're like okay well we'll cover that um so you know it's yeah it's 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 not like a lucrative venture you know you got to do it just because you love doing it but yeah it's like it's 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 very complex too because people are always asking me about it because they don't understand and you don't really understand unless you're in the sport itself like you just gotta you know if you're interested just go check out a go find a big gym find the biggest gym in your town you know if you have to commute if you gotta like when I lived in Vancouver and trained in Portland I commuted 30 to 45 minutes every day to go to my gym and like you know Hopefully you got a good coach. Hopefully you got a good manager, somebody that's taking care of you, not just looking out for themselves. And they're they're you know they're not trying to build a reputation with the promoters and selling you out in the in the process. Um, I've had those experiences as well, you know. But you just gotta like be smart about it and just be aware of your own skills and be aware of your you know your your opponent's skills and just try you know to do your best. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wise words yeah yeah i kind of trailed off there at the second i kind of lost out of, lost any train of thought but i was just like yeah it's just it's it's tough it's just a tough sport to get into and it's like i remember i actually had a teammate that like back when bell bellator used to have big tournaments and i was like if you win the tournament you get a hundred thousand dollars you get a title fight well he got his hundred thousand dollars he opened his own gym ended up selling the gym or like closing up the gym and then he lost the title fight and then like i was just talking to him one day and he's like yeah man i'm 40 years old and i have nothing to show for my age and i'm like well that's unfortunate and i'm like luckily like during the time i've been fighting like i've also i had you know started personal training like i i consider that my career now i don't really know like how long i'll do that or if that will be something i can do for my entire life like obviously it's not like it's okay it's pretty good money you know like management is like you know there's possibilities of management and that kind of stuff but it's like i also went to college while i was fighting i got a bachelor's degree so it's like i have that to like and i, I was i was pretty consistently working full-time until i moved to vegas so it's like you know like I, I get where he's coming from but it's like well you know you can also have a plan like you know like college athletes like you have aspirations going to the nfl but at least get your degree yeah. you know get your degree so if the nfl is not going to last forever and you might decide that you don't want to fucking play football after the first or second year so it's like have a plan outside of that have a plan b and i think when i moved here i met a lot of guys that didn't really have a plan b and hadn't really considered it and it was just like i think 
I don't want to like take too much credit for it, but I think a lot of them were like, well, fuck like Walker's really good. And he's, his career is not going so great. So like, why do I think I can fucking be any different? And they, so a couple of my teammates have like stopped fighting and like done other or doing other things. And it's like, I'm happy for him because I'm like, yeah, this isn't like something that you can do for a long period of time. That's not going to make you a lot of money. You're not going to get rich. You're not going to get famous. Yeah. Most likely, unless you're the fucking exception. It's fucking hard. It's like, really fucking hard. It's having plan A, B, C, and D. Like it, it's, you know, I very very similar. Where yes, in personal training, but at the same time, like okay, let's let's try to get into real estate over here. Let's yeah. let's try to do the podcast and make some money mm-hmm. there. Let's um, let's try to compete as an athlete in a different sport now. Like yep. I have my master's degree. Like let's have as many of these things that are going to create the the best opportunity for me to exist. Even if one of these things fails. Um, or if one of these things ex- succeeds, then right, it's like, then oh, cool. fuck, like, right. it's going to be a, a nice hit. Um, but if none of them do, then I can still, like, live a pretty okay like life. Playing roulette. <laughs> it, it, it almost fucking is. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what life is. And it's just it's being fucking lucky, man. It's, yeah, yeah. it's being there at the right time. It's, mm-hmm. like, being the Conor McGregor, being at the time where, like, UFC is, is, is exploding. And then he has an opportunity to, like, really pivot. And he has that personality that fits really well. and. Yep. It's like it, there's too many things that have to play absolutely perfectly for like for success to be guaranteed. It is never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So like create the best opportunity for success. But be as prepared as you can be too. Yes. Because they say that's like preparation meaning opportunity, right? Yeah. Is CrossFit the next thing for you? Is that what you're getting into now? Yeah. It's funny because one of my clients just put it in my head of like, oh, you should try to do uh she was telling me that her coach was the fittest woman in Nevada. I'm like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, she won the CrossFit competition. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So that's I what, what her name considered. is. Um, so it's Dan Ige, who's a fighter in the UFC. It's his yeah. wife. I don't know. Um, my client's name is Shannon, but she was like, yeah, my, uh, my old trainer is his wife. Cause she was like, I don't know how to say his name. Is it Dan? I, I was like, no, it's Ige. I'm like, all right, close. <laughs> pretty, pretty close, pretty close. But yeah, it's, it's just I G E. I was like, you could have, yeah, you could have nailed it, but it's, <laughs> but yeah. So his wife, I guess was the fittest one of it. So she was like, Oh, you should, you should do that. Cause she's like, they do like open water swimming. They do. She's like, it's all yeah. the stuff that you do. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, I would love to win a CrossFit competition having never ever done CrossFit. Like, it's, uh, let's like be like, what, what box do you train? I'd be like, your mom's, your mom's box. <laughs> I don't, I like, I get, like, CrossFit, I'm just like, I don't like, I don't get it. I mean, I, I like, I understand because they are super fit, right? But I'm like, if you're trying to like do your cardio and your weight training at the same time, you're not going to get very good at both. Yeah. yeah, which is why, like, I, I, me coming into the sport with a very, like, strong powerlifting power like, strength background, right. everyone's think, like, holy fuck, like, all you, you gotta do advantage. is, like, learn the skill yeah. and then run often enough. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll be fine. Right. You like, just have to do a cardiovascular activity and then you already have the base of strength. Like, that's all. It just is being really strong and really fit. Like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't get it, but I'm like, I, I, maybe I should try to be the fittest guy in Nevada. I don't know. I don't fucking know, but I'm, I don't even know. Like I was going to ask her more details about it. Be like, what is this competition and how do I sign up for it? Cause I'm, like, yeah. I'm in pretty good shape, but it's like, also like we did the fitness challenge. Like I obviously won that, but when I went to the finals, like the main thing is like, I'm not very fast with exercises. Like I don't like move super fast. So yeah. I'm like, that's like basic big disadvantage. I did. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with super league, but that was a thing that they were doing for a little while. It was very crossfitting. Mm-hmm. They tried to make it like all theatrical and stuff, but, um, city athletic used to be a gym here. And it, I think they closed after COVID, 
but yeah, they did like, they were doing like, it was like, take your body weight and do as many squats as you can in a minute. And I think I did, it was 185. I think I did like 50 or 60 or something. And I was like, this isn't hard. And they're like, it's really impressive. And I'm like, is it? Cause I don't, I don't feel like that's very, <laughs> like that's not very heavy weight. So yeah. and it was like toes to bar. Yep. Um, I think they had pull-ups in there. I can do toes to bar. Yeah. I can't. I, so pull-ups are hard for me right now because of my injuries. Um, I've never learned how to do the butterfly pull-ups anyways, but like, see, there's certain things that like now I'm like, okay, maybe that's off the table. Cause it's like certain things. I don't know how much better my arm's going to get. My shoulder's going to get, but I'm like, I can still deadlift like a motherfucker. Like I can still, I, I haven't tried to swim or the heater is broken at our pool. So, um, I was really good at swimming. I was really good at swimming. So I'm like, okay, like I have that advantage. I'm good at swimming. Good at kettlebell swings. I'm good at deadlifts. I'm good at like any like Olympic lifts. I'm all right at like I'm all right at cleans. I'm all right at snatches. You know, I don't I don't know what all is involved, but like ab stuff, not a problem. Core stuff isn't fucking hard at all. Core stuff for me yeah. sucks. Really? Yeah, yeah, man. Toaster bar is fucking easy for me. I don't know why, but um, yeah. No, how fast can you do them? I think that's the hard that's part. The right? Thing is like it, right is just like I just lost because I wasn't very like I didn't get to the finals of the ultimate fitness challenges because I'm like I'm not super quick. Um, learning how to do transitions well as right. well like between exercises and then how do you cycle appropriately yeah. it's it, there is a skill to it and yes like the individual movements um some of them themselves are skills like to deadlift and squat and bench. sure there's some skill between those but but be able to like clean snatch well and then run seven minutes and then butterfly muscle up and then like do your pull-ups strict pull-ups yeah, or yeah, yeah. it's it's a lot right yeah um so and it's just i don't know i think it's a fun um opportunity to it's a fun a test fun, right? fun it's a cool challenge yeah i agree i agree with that but it's like i would i i would do it not doing crossfit i would be like i'm gonna do my strength and conditioning the way i've always done it and go into it being like i've never done crossfit in a day of my life that's <laughs> <It's> so disgusting <laughs> yeah but i mean i feel like like it used to when crossfit first started the guys that used to win used to be like oh he was a football player and he's only been doing crossfit for like six months and then it's like after that they get injured doing crossfit and then they don't win anymore and then it's like mm -hmm. i think it's become more of a specialty now to where like guys are like okay like maybe i did do a sport maybe i didn't but i already had a good base of fitness and now i specialize in crossfit and that's now what the thing is but before when it first started it was just like this guy's really athletic and he's figured out these moves and he's just beating everybody else because they're the weekend warrior people that don't have any kind of base of fitness they just oh uh, my pr for this fucking water or whatever is pretty good like <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah but, I, I don't know i i think that it's too many people that go like, i think it gets a bad rap because too many people go into the sport yeah not like not ever special or not ever learning how to clean and jerk how to snatch how to squat or how to handle load how to do that stuff and, properly like, all as individual components and then you're just smashing them all together yeah and like yeah, very yeah. and so it's just yeah i think that's why people get hurt but i think yeah. there's it, it's at the very least it'll make you fit and i'll have a good time right, and you'll meet right. some cool people but yeah um, it just like bastardized like crossfit and bastardized olympic lifting and that's why those did. guys hate it so much but yeah hey, i get it but they also changed the names of like specific positions as well oh, it's like yeah. this is a power position but this is actually not a power position right. it's like it was yeah they, they changed the names of the actual position. so yeah. i don't know I, I don't really understand that like if there's already a language like thing, yeah. why would you, you create your own yeah, language they're gay <laughs> 
<laughs> you heard it here first. They want to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like I think I got a bad taste of it because like one of the gyms I trained at used to be is like they were renting space out of a CrossFit gym. So it was like all these guys are walking around with their shirt off, like super jacked. And I'm like, dude, like I, I'm just, I could fucking kill you right now if I wanted to <laughs> just like, shut up, just get away from my space. Yeah. Get out of my sight. Yeah. I think it happens a lot. There's a man that is a uh, uh, camp rhino with the underdogs. And they have a lot of people in there that are like, I think next week going to like Wadapalooza and they have competed in the rogue games mm-hmm. or like in the games. Um, one of the guys that's my client now, he won fourth um, in teams a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, so a lot of like my mentality was like get around people that have already done this and been and professional. Successful. Yeah, I've been successful we and live, like learn yeah. from them. We live right down the street from a camp right now. It always seems like it's empty. So I'm like, how are you guys in business? We used to be busy before. <sighs> I think I want to get, I want to do field games. I think that's yeah. coming, that like comes up in like the spring. And I saw. I think last year when I was like on the roll of just like doing all these different competitions, I was like, oh, we went to a coffee shop and there's a little pamphlet for field. I was like, oh, here's one more thing I could do. <laughs> um, and then I just never like I like messaged him on Twitter and never got a response. But then I met one of the one of Devin's clients at UFC Fit is like, oh, he did it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, how do I get into it? Like, definitely try that. I'm like, I'm pretty strong. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you, you might have a hard time. And I'm like, I think you'd be surprised. I have pretty, <laughs> it's like, it's all in your hips, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, I have pretty, st- well, no, I don't know if you've watched me work out before, but I have pretty strong hips. I don't know. But, um, Field games. Let me know when if you do a CrossFit competition. I might be down to jump into one of those. The open. So the way that I'm doing it is I want, I'm going to qu- try to qualify for the games. Okay. Um. I. I the, so far, it doesn't seem like that'll be a possibility. Just because I can't even really do muscle ups. Okay. Uh, but either way. Oh, muscle ups are in there. I've never my, done a muscle up. Muscle ups are, okay. are difficult. Yeah. So now uh, the open starts. Uh, like February 9th or something like that. Okay. And so you register sometime in January, probably like this, like this coming week. And then it's like everybody around the world that can like do the specific set workouts. Mm-hmm. You do them at a CrossFit gym or certified gym. And then you submit your numbers. And then at the end of the, the open, which I think is over like four or five days, then you go ahead and qualify. You either make it to the next round or you yeah. don't. And it's a specific workout. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. I, I've never really like. I've wanted to do muscle ups for a while, but then I don't like. I don't get the kipping thing, and then I have like long arms, so I don't feel like that's super advantageous. But it's all about pulling down on the bar. I know that I've heard it. Like I've been practicing for like hours these last like four days. <laughs> yeah. So like we go all the way through. You come all the way back, and then as you're like kipping your hands up, you're just bringing the hip, your bar, the bar to your hips. And then you turn over, but your arms stay straight the entire time. It's like the complete opposite of Olympic lifting. Like you got to bring the bar far away from your body. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know if I can do it right now anyways, but I can barely do like 10 pull-ups right now with my shoulder, but, or my arm. I'm not sure exactly where the disconnect is for my pull-ups, but it's my right arm. Yeah. (laughs) I think. Well, the shoulder, but I'm like, there's also like no muscle mass right here. And I'm like, I know these muscles are pretty responsible for pulling stuff at least like bicep related activities so i don't know i just hope that eventually gets fixed and just i'm not just like a bum it will be i have a bum arm for the rest of my life hopefully not hopefully you can help me out with that too yeah i mean it's gotten better it went from zero pull-ups to 10 so get back up to like 25 where i was there you go just gotta keep on working on it. We'll, we'll start scheduling those again. Yeah, hopefully get that. We'll get that going. <laughs> we'll talk about um, that after. Yeah, I mean, I can meet you wherever. It doesn't really have to be at, at USC Fit. So, cool. Camp or not Camp Rhino? Um, self made. Yeah, self made school. Yeah. I dig self made. Cool. All right. Yeah, man. Where can people find you? 
um instagram walker mania 19 it's the same on twitter too i'm on facebook i'm not on linkedin um work at ufc fit in centennial hills train at extreme couture so you know if you got any people in the vegas area they can always come you know assault me about my uh opinion of crossfit or any other <laughs> any other opinions that i they might have found offensive i apologize but also character building so you know can't expect people to walk around your whatever things trigger you <laughs> awesome well thanks man appreciate thank it. you cheers love you cheers thanks Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 